Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 44 of Beer Artist Podcast, Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition, this evening. This is something we don't get to do too very often. Uh, being an Australian out here in Canada, particularly in Montreal, I don't really get to engage with my people very often, and uh, even less so in the beer industry. I don't recall a single other Australian until 2018, which we're going to discuss, but I have her all the way from Calgary, Alberta, joining me this evening, Christina from Exhale Brewing. Make some motherfucking noise. Hey. How are you? It has been a hot minute. It has been a real hot minute. Um, yeah, it it well, and then 2020 happens, and then um, it, it makes a hot minute feel like a real fucking hot minute. Yeah. It really does. It's kind of wild. But a lot has changed. So we only connected in 2018, so that's, I guess, two and a half years ago. Um, obviously we have a lot in common being, we are from the same city even, which we're going to get into opposite mm-hmm. sides. So we got beef, but same city. So we, we're, we're <laughs> um, so we have a lot and you've been doing a lot in the beer space. I'm extremely proud of you. I think this is fantastic. Um, what we're going to do is get into the first beer and then we, can, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure. And we'll just let this shit roll from there. So the first one, the provocatively named. See you next Tuesday. As you, anyone who knows me here in Canada knows that means a lot. It's, uh, you know, not all Canadians are as uh, larger of a fan of the verbiage as myself. Uh, well, there's a whole song about it, right? Is that the, um, what's his name? The, uh, not Ke- Is it Kevin Bloody Wilson or is it You Can't it Say It in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can't Say yeah, in Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. It's, it's great. People uh, keep saying it, but you and I prove them wrong. <laughs> Not on this podcast, but we yeah. keep them wrong. Tiff is taking photos. <laughs> <first, laughs> <laughs> We're having such a great time just pouring this beer. She just started. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, get that. Get there that. we go. You did the thing. <laughs> you made go. it work. You got it? Oh, yeah. Look at the, oh, here we go. Got to get the photos, you know? It's all about the context. Yeah. You, you know the drill. So tell us about this specific beer because it's uh, very timely right now based on the day that we're at. Uh, yeah, so um, see you next Tuesday. Um, cheers, by the way. Cheers. <laughs> Pleasure. Get it in you, as we say back home. Mm-hmm. Um, this beer is probably one of my favourite um, recipes I've ever designed and, and done. I mean, it's my second commercial beer to the market under my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. But first, let's take a selfie. You know, Brilliant. Well, I got to review it, right? What am I supposed to do? You Not tell the people about the beer? Totally. Totally. <laughs> okay, so this so, is the second one. Okay. So this is the second um, commercial, my second commercial release under my brand. Okay. Um, I've done some other commercial releases um, like of beer to the market under under some other brands. Okay. Um, that weren't weren't mine, but I was working for them. Yes. Um, I'm not a brewer. I know how to brew. Um, I'm not the best at it, um, but I have a lot of people around me who um, are a lot more knowledgeable and that I can pick their brains when I get stuck. Um, but see you next Tuesday is um, a beer and an ode. Isn't it beautiful? I'm so in love with this beer. <laughs> this is so um, nice. it's, it's an ode to uh, my Aussie expats. Yes. Um, 
and I feel normally like it's made for me. Start- I really do. <laughs> And, and the that. reason why it's an ode to Aussie expats, um, as far as design, is it uses two Australian hops in there, so Topaz and Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, Topaz is a noble derivative that's actually um, grown, uh, well, first was grown and um, designed out in uh, the Ross Trevor Valley, and that is in the foothills of um, Bright, so the oh, Victorian okay. Alps. Mm. Yeah, so fun little story about the Ross Trevor Valley. When I was yes. a kid, um, driving up that Goulburn Highway there, um, you'd see the hop farms along the along the highway and there was this cute little white house that was like kind of nestled in just off the highway in the hop garden. I used to fantasise that that's where I would always live. Um, and so the topaz, I used late edition topaz on this. So instead of doing 60-minute um, editions of hops, I, I did all late edition okay. and then I did a dry hop of Galaxy on it. Um, and I love the way that Galaxy and used in because I only did what I think it was like two two grams per liter, so it's like so not it's like banging on there. Yeah. But when you use Galaxy like that, you get this like gorgeous like springtime floral um, notes that come out of it. And mm. what happens with this beer is as it warms up a little bit, that little like that little sweet floral and that pineapple really really yes. comes to life. It's um, it's really pretty. It's super That's nuanced. Um, it's delicate. Um, everything that I'm kind of not, um, <laughs> but I really, I'm super in love with this beer. Um, the other thing that, uh, this beer does is it gives back to community. So three years ago, a couple of Aussies, we've actually got quite a few Aussies in the beer industry out here. Um, okay. believe it or not. That's great. I guess, um, so we got, Aussies tend to move towards, it's usually like Alberta and BC as opposed to out East mostly, right? Totally. totally. Well, you know, yeah. the language barrier is a, is is a bit hard <laughs> sometimes. Oh, well, right out um, here, maybe Ontario, Toronto's kind of plagued with us, but uh, there's less yeah. out here. <laughs> I guess they just go yeah, wherever's we, closer. Vancouver's closer. We, like we go. We travel towards the the mountains more than anything. You know, you grow up by the ocean, so you always want the mountains. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we got together, a couple of us got together about three years ago and did a 100-litre uh, batch just for fun for Australia Day and uh, we put it on at one of the local um, bars that was, mani- uh, was managed by an Aussie and uh, that kind of grew last year. There was a 20-heck batch done um, that was uh, put on. So there's always there's a bar down here called The Unicorn that does um, the Aussie Day parties um, and that's involved, we involved the Kangaroos Football Club here as well. Okay. And this year is the first year that um, the Aussie Brew Day went to Cairns. So with the with the 25 hectolitre batch. Um, and then this was uh, my recipe design this year. Um, and there's partial proceeds of this that go to their non-for-profit who run um, youth Auskick programs. And um, they, they're free. Um, and so it's accessible for everyone, especially kids that might other might not otherwise be able to be put in sporting programs for okay. um, socioeconomic reasons potentially. So, should we um, explain what Auskick is to the Canadians? Yeah, Auskick <laughs> is. Um, I feel like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to like translate way more than we realize. I think with this, we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm like, hang on a second, they're not gonna know what. The hang on. <laughs> Um, Auskick is, so AFL, um, but basically it's AFL clinics, um, and sporting opportunities Australian for, rules football. for kids. Yeah. 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 Australian rules football. Yeah. Yes. The ones where, you know, they run around in little shorts and, and, you know, don't Kitty have guards on or helmets or anything like that. It's, <clears> it's <throat> balls to the wall. 
So, um, so yeah, so part of the proceeds go to their non-for-profit, um, which is really, really cool. I love that. That's amazing. Uh, Mr. Hesloop says, exhale. Oh, that's uh, so, Mr. Hesloop. This is this is who I actually um, brew with uh, here. He actually just he won did. Home Brewer of the Canadian Home Brewer of the Year. Um, so, that's great. Yeah, we got, we celebrated. We're, we're cohorts um, and celebrated a pretty hard last night. Ended up um, getting into my medicine cabinet, which is my whiskey collection, um, which really we hard. thought was a good idea at the time. <laughs> not really. Eh? <laughs> This morning, not so much. <laughs> no, I can imagine. That is rough. Ugh. Oh, <gasps> shut up. Yes. I hate you. <laughs> we have, I had to bust it out. We have like an Aussie pie shop like there and they have shit. Do you know how much, do you, how much do you reckon these are here? I don't know. Six bucks, seven bucks. Eight fifty. Worth it. Hashtag worth it. Every pa- I only get one packet as opposed to like eight, which is what I would do at home. At home, these are what two dollars fifty or something, and then something here, like that. they had um, cheesels, burger rings, violet <gasps> crumble, redskins, um, cherry oh! ripe flake. Are they still called redskins? Like the super yeah. racist yeah, candy? Yeah, so racist. <laughs> it's so bad. But Australia is going to be the last place it's ever going to move on from now. Let's be honest. They're, totally. They don't even so, know. Actually, I had uh, on my social media. I just uh, on Excel social media. I just did a post on um, Australia Day and what Australia Day means. And I actually call Australia Day Invasion Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I posted up on my personal page as well. And I was like, some people aren't going to be happy about this, but it's a conversation that we really need to have. You know, 1788 was was the day that, you know, Aboriginal brothers and sisters had to start to survive. Mm -hmm. Yes, Australia is a little older than, um, I guess, even the States. and I think America, but at least Canada, like the actual as a nation. So we're like a little bit closer to 250. You're right. And it's been horrible. And they don't teach us that. And I learned a lot of that over here of what really happened and what the way people, the native folks there were treated. It's disgusting. Like it brought me to tears when I first read it because I didn't know, like they were giving people money for bringing people their heads. And they were, the, the worst stuff was they were considered fauna until 1971, I believe. There was uh-huh. an act that brought them. So, uh, 60, 67, um, yeah, this? Aboriginals considered Australian citizens. It's because in 66, okay. um, the white Australia policy was abolished. Maybe that's what I'm and thinking then in, of. 67, um, the our Aboriginal population um, was classed Australian citizens, and that's heartbreaking to that's even terrible. think. That's so. That's 55 fucking years ago. That's only 55 fucking years ago. Yeah, so like crazy. this is why we have to have these these conversations. We need to have to. We have to have them more. I feel like Australia to give them a bit more props. I guess I feel like there was a lot of the message. So I shared your post, which was fantastic, to stories, and I noticed a bunch of my friends shared. And I imagine they saw it from me. So I think what you both really uh, resonated. I saw a lot of people um, sharing, you know, like it, the hashtag change the day, um, I believe. You know, they, the Triple J mm-hmm. Hottest 100, the Gabs Hottest 100 were moved from, uh, they did it on the Saturday instead of on the, I believe it was the Tuesday this year, was the 26th. Yep. So I feel like there's some conscious um, uh, disagreement with it now and people are actually discussing it and it seems to be, you know, like, in the con- in the public consciousness, which it wasn't our whole life growing up, obviously. You know, I think back to um, conversations that I was around when I was a child, um, and 
conversations that are having now, you know, as much as um, people want to complain about millennials, it's really shifting. It, it's shifting the pin. Yeah. We're, we're, we're shifting what, and, you know, we're coming into, I'm, I, I just scrape into the millennium. I'm an 82 baby, so I'm in that, like, land of the lost yeah, um, they called us Xennials, I saw, because I'm 81. So they called us because we're not X. But I think, yeah. It, yeah, there was between like, it was like 81 and like 84. We were these lost sort of people, but they just lump us in with millennials, even though we probably don't relate to the ones that are the late, late stage. Yeah, that late stage millennials. It's a different vibe. Yeah, we're, we're in, yeah, we're in this like purgatory mm. kind of era there. Um, but, you know, as we're moving, you know, we're moving into the positions where we're, owners of businesses and we are on boards, we're, we're directors on boards and um, we're shaping um, political policy. You, you know, these are the conversations that we're having. I don't know if you've seen, um, I, I use this as a bit of source of, of strength when I feel like um, I'm kind of running out of steam with my brand that speaks a lot about this. Um, Spark Change, um, which is a brewing company in Australia run by a group of women um, who are doing the same kind of, doing the same thing. I actually only found out about them um, four or five months ago. Um, And I was like, holy shit. Like, and they're they're getting big, but their voice is all around, you know, the whole, their their brand is called Spark Change. And that's what I think millennials are doing. We're, We're coming into these places where the managers now, you know, how many times did, I don't know about you, but, um, you know, my parents would say, no one's going to hire you with tattoos. Well, you know, I've got fancy as fuck tattooed on my hand. Um, you know, we're moving into these, <laughs> you know, we're, we're moving into. No, like it doesn't mean. There you go. No one cares anymore. It, no one cares. No one cares. We're moving into these roles. You know, it was always like, who's going to hire you when you've got tattoos or you've got a nose piercing? And mm. well, you know, we're the ones that are doing the hiring now. And we, we we're changing. We're moving that needle. I never thought yeah. of that. It's that's kind. Of, so, it's cool. That's really dope. I never really thought. I kind of always thought that it was maybe the just society changing, but society is changing because we're moving into those roles. And we're mm-hmm. able to make those decisions. And that's the last thing I'm worried about. I remember when I was in Toronto, I lived there first before moving to Montreal. And I went for, um, I was working at the Apple store with Tiff and I met right before we moved here. And the, and Apple went and cut everyone's hours. And we're like, oh, fuck, man, this is, <coughs> this is not good. We're about to move. Like, I need this money. And um, so I, was, I went to get another job. And I specifically got a job as a bartender because they were looking for someone with tattoos, which I thought was very strange. Mm-hmm. That was... Yeah, that was nearly nine years ago. So I feel like over that this last decade, basically since we've been here, that yep. um, you know that, that is changing, and it's like it's just not even a problem. Like you got tats, fine. I mean, maybe if you got face tats, that probably might be. I don't think that's exactly, you know, uh, gone past that mainstream thing. But overall, yeah, our parents, it's, it's great. Our, their thinking is definitely going into the past, which is what we need because they're just not progressive enough and. That's why it sucks with politics. Well, well, you know, it's not that. And one of the things that we start to get into, we start to get into this blame cycle of they don't know, like my parents don't know any better. They didn't know any better when they said certain things to me um, that shaped who I am. Or I like, you know, I think about, um, I've done a lot of reflection. Um, You know, I've also had a lot of therapy. Let's go there as well. but I think back to, you know, some of the things that, you know, my parents said to me that they didn't mean harm at the time, 
but when I look back and, um, you know, I'm, I'm bisexual and, you know, I was told it's okay to be gay, but you can't be both. It's just greedy, you know, and I was like, oh, like, <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to repress that for a really, really long time, right. um, you know, or about, you know, sorry day. And it's not that they were, it's not, and this is a thing, it's not that they're wrong, it's just that it, it, it wasn't different then, right? It's, it's different now. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we need to start to do, and I have, I've had this conversation a couple of times, is we all change and we all grow and we have these conversations. And if we make somebody wrong about what it is that they thought or they did and then we put them into a cycle of shame and guilt, they're not going to change. It's a good point. So it's okay to have had those thoughts or those feelings or those points of views or those positions. It's because you just didn't know any different. Right. And that's okay. But now is your opportunity to know something different and know something more and, and giving people those, that opportunity through conversation and through places of vulnerability and through compassion, I think, is where we really need to go. Great points. I didn't even think of it like that. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, they can only act and say upon what, they, what they're aware of and what the knowledge is at the time. And as long as people continue yep. to, to grow and pay attention to those changes, then it's all good. We got deep quick, eh? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> we, were, we were just supposed to talk about the C word for a while. <laughs> we can go back to that. We can go back to that. So this beer, obviously, like you, your brand, that was a like super valuable conversation. This is great. Um, like is provocative. Everything about what you're doing is intentional. I feel like it's on brand for who you are. This specific beer um, with this name, uh, anyone who's familiar with BOS knows, you know, like we had a bit of a drama. We were the bad guys for uh, for a little while there in Ontario because of that language that I used to use on the podcast and we don't do it anymore because people weren't happy about it. So that's fine. Um, why did you decide to sort of push push the boundaries on this one and i mean obviously it's not you know using the word you know whatever but most people are familiar with what that means um why did you decide to do that um well my my branding is provocative beer for conscious thinkers and drinkers um my first beer makes fun of trump right um my second beer um see you next tuesday um why are we afraid of a word and why and and in what context has it been used? So so the C word has been used to degrade women primarily. Most so as a woman, you know what? I'm fucking taking my power back on that word because I got one. Fair. I love it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm not offended by it, used intentionally and in context. Um you know, the other thing is, you know, you and I culturally know that it's not necessarily a bad word. No. We call our best mates good. Yeah, a good one, a sick one, See, right? a bad one, a top one, <laughs> top a solid one. one. <laughs> you know, and it's taking back that power, and and it's it is a different cultural um, perspective over here, and and yeah. there is that delineation. Um, I actually have a bunch of Canadian friends who they like hanging around you gives me permission to say it, and I've never had permission to say it, and they want to say it. I'm like, well, fucking say it. Like it's a word. Yeah. Like, like, why are we so offended? We use "dick" all the time. Right. I feel like it's not even like even what? when I think of that word, I don't even think about genitalia. Like, it's just 
it's gone so far beyond that. And I would never be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think to refer to a vagina as one of those things in any shape or form. It's straight up and down. Uh, it's, it's, it means guys or whatever. Let's so. destigmatize it. Like that's one of the things. It's like let's just destigmatize it. Yeah. That that's the only be. reason why people are offended about offended of it. That's true, because they're hanging on to a meaning. I had the same experience when I, I moved here. Go. Uh, I don't know if you also saw, but I spelt Kolsch with a C. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I imagine that was kind of like the uh <laughs> see if I can now uh, pull that back up here. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I spelt Kolsch with a C. So there were two reasons for that. A, yes. it played on uh, it played on on the name, but the other one is we didn't offend the Germans by calling it a Kolsch. That's true. Well, maybe we maybe maybe we're really offended. But I have to ask Jochen Far, who owns Far Brewing here. Um, yeah. He actually won a world gold um, for for his hef. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I extra offended them by by not by spelling it the proper way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm used to offending people, yeah, so here we are. A, it's beer, man. If you really get offended at beer, <laughs> fucking relax. When I worked at Apple, because I was still pretty new in in Canada, I was going nuts trying to say the word because we're still pretty fresh, and you know that's how we talk. And I had people at Apple basically say the same thing that like they were allowed to say. This is one dude I remember used to come up to me, look around, and be like, and whisper it in my ear because he didn't want to say it out loud, but he wanted to say it. And yeah, it was like, to say it. they want to say it. And everyone just, they loved it. And they thought it was funny. And it was like, and someone did tell me, they go, you're taking the poison out of the word. I'm like, cool. That's what I'm trying to do here because it is no big deal. The meaning that you're uh, assigning to it, like you, you exactly said, is is the his, historical, I guess. But why, why can't we take it back and just have it mean whatever we want? Like in Australia, it doesn't mean genitalia for the most part. It's positive. It's negative too. It's all about context. So it's uh it's such a strange one that people are so upset. So that's why we decided back in the day, we used to end every podcast with catch us words. That was our <laughs> tagline. Do you remember, I don't know if this, this is like super niche, but do you remember there was a YouTuber called, I believe it was Mr. Doodleburger, and he took uh, episodes of Home and Away, specifically Alf, and he overdubbed them. And he, uh, Alf Oh was, my God, Flame and Elsa? Yeah. Have, have you seen this at all? But are you familiar with no, the YouTube No, I haven't. Version? You're going to have to send me the links now. It is gay. It was like basically it made him into a, I don't know if I can say the word, the R word, the bad R word for okay, yep. forced intercourse. So he would have an R word dungeon and he would take children and it was, it was super bad. But he accepted a, a, um, a Logie Award. It was like they took his Logie's Award speech because actually, what's, what's his uh, name? I forgot his name. The, um, Ray, Ray somebody's the actor. And he okay. beat Rebecca Gibney or something for it. And, and at the end, oh it's like, like, all right, yeah, catch a C words and just walked off stage. And that, as soon as we saw that, that was our favorite thing in the world. So we used to end the podcast with that. And people got mad upset about that. So then that's why we stopped it. So it's the only thing. On our other podcast, which is a hip-hop podcast called Bad Habits, go check that out. We say the C word constantly. Yes. It's glorious. Yes. It's, it's nice for it's you. <laughs> let me bask. Yes, like, let me just say it. Like, ah. Oh. So now I have that one. It's almost, it's hard to, I got to be like, okay, no, beer tonight, beer, no C word, no C word. That's why I had to tell you beforehand, hey, we're good, but just no C word. <laughs> I got the warning. The other one that I like to kind of do is, so I have some, I have really good friends here who understand my humor um, and my cultural um, uh, tendency to hang shit on the people that I love. That's just what we do, right? Like, 
like we 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 have banter and I'm I'm all about the banter and somebody will give me banter back and I'll be like oh, what a like just <laughs> under my breath yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> and like walk away. <laughs> I've shocked a few people before saying it and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Probably because it's extra coming from you because it's like if you just look at you, they're not going to think you're going to say it, but as soon as you open the mouth, why that's on breath. So okay. I, you know, I feel, and most women don't say it as much. Is that is that true? Would you say most women don't use it? I don't know. Okay, so see, here's something. I know I can't say it, but I actually have a shelf dedicated to the word in my house. Do you want to send me a photo, <laughs> send me a photo after? <laughs> I would like to my see best it. friend. My best friend, um, Heather Jared, she's actually a, a territory manager for uh, Canada Malting Group. Um, okay. She did a cross stitch for me with a little no. like unicorn on it with the word above it. It's oh so gosh. cute. And then my other best friend got me a uh, got me a card and it has a fish on it and it's like the fish is like a vagina with like the labia and everything. <laughs> and it's like super cute. And it says like and it has instead of saying can't, it says the word. But it uh. says I can't live without you. And um <laughs> she has a beautiful thing inside it. So I have like I have a shelf dedicated to people That's giving amazing. me and then I have another one that uh, a friend sent me, which is uh, Happy Housewarming. Yeah, that's when I moved so into my good. new post. So I actually have a shelf that's dedicated to it. I need to see that after, please. Yes, that would be Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you can just turn the you camera will. once we're done. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so good. So hopefully Canadians will slowly warm up to it. But in the meantime, you know, this is uh, as, good, as close as we're going to get. So when I saw, when you saw posted the picture of this, I was like, yes, that is amazing. <laughs> Oh, so um, I've just we've just got a little note coming up here from uh, Paul Heslop. Uh, his, did we add the yeast? So this is a really funny story. So the okay. first time we ever brewed together, um, we uh, we got wait, so so Paul's an amazing brewer. Does a lot of high gravity stuff, and uh, then I brought over whiskey because I well when you brew you do brewers breakfast right, especially with home brews, and uh, I love my whiskey um, pretty almost as much as I love my beer. Um, I feel sorry, whiskey. I'm really sorry. Um, oh <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I'm like cheating on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we got to the end of the brew. By the time we got to the end of the brew, we'd uh, we'd broken um, the hydrometer and we'd spill. I dropped my my phone in the bucket of Sani. Um, this is clean. Like just, just messy, yeah. and we're trying to we're like doing things, and Hez turns around and goes. <laughs> Did we add the yeast? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Did we? Did we <laughs> this is the comment that just came up. Did we add the yeast? Amazing. So this is this this is this beer. But okay. uh, and so we actually did here. add the yeast. You so did. we actually did add the yeast, and we had a competition because we had two different types of yeast. We did a ten gallon batch, and uh, so we split it. And uh, we're going to have a competition of who had the best yeast. And I was using a white yeast twenty five sixty five, but I ended up using an escarpment Kolsch um, for this one. And has had I can't remember what it was, but it was some oh the Lallemans. Um, but he didn't read the instructions properly, and he put it in. So when we went to keg it, there was like all this like sulfur. There was he opened it, and I was like, holy shit, that fucking stinks! What happened? And he looks at the packet, and he's like, oh shit, I should have put two packets of this in. I was like, so we put the yeast in, but clearly not enough. No. So that's what happens. Anyway. It just smells like eggs. Like if you don't put enough. Um, depends um okay. it's just the this yeast is is stressed and um it hasn't eaten up all the um all its byproducts and all that sort of stuff so okay. yeah that's hilarious yeah 
I love it. Well, yeah. I'm glad this came out. This is genuinely fantastic. It's super floral and and uh, fruity. It's super balanced. It's nice and light. What is it? Four, six. So it's like six. perfect. Tons of flavor for the ABV. Great body, nice and crisp. Um, the the hop. I love dry hopped crispies. That's goat. I love that shit. And this uh, hits a bit specifically because you use the Aussie hops. And I like as well that the Galaxy, it's not a Galaxy bomb. And that's kind of hard to do, I think, because usually Galaxy overtakes everything to the point of like what what else, you know, the other hops are redundant. So whatever you guys did here as far as the volumes was uh, fantastic. Well done. This is great. For real. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is like the temperature. It's like kind of warmed up a little bit now. And this is like, I, I don't know if you yeah. keep, like I keep smelling yeah, it. Smelling like it. it's, it the the like, that pineapple just really comes through like just a couple of uh couple of degrees warmer and i can't stop i'm like oh i'm just gonna like you know like let's put it a little bit here like. yeah. <laughs> a little uh, a little see you next tuesday oh yeah oh to see you next tuesday <laughs> i love it yeah so- i think galaxies with something like super delicate like that it's um you know people are bombing it into you know nipas and whatever else but it has it has a it has a lot more um a lot more nuanced use that I would love to see more and more of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely agree. Um, we're already 30 minutes deep. We didn't even get to your beer story yet. So maybe tell us how, I'm not sure if the beer story sort of comes, goes back to Australia, but like, I don't even know when you came here. I know we're from the same city and I don't know which suburb you're from. Do you want to maybe just tell us about sort of the coming to Canada and the whole beer story there leading up to Exhale? Um, yeah, totally. Um, I'll, I'll do the abridged version um, because I did arrive in. I'm so jealous you have shakes. Sorry, I don't want to rub it in, but. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. mm. you, man. <laughs> Every bite is like 50 cents. So, <laughs> so expensive. Oh, it's pricey. But I saved so, them to. So, no one else would appreciate so, it. So I was like, I had to no. save them for you. I'm so sorry. Do you know what? I'll get you some. I'll. Um, <gasps> I'll send you some of our glitter beer because I have the glitter beer collab that we just did. Yep. I'll send you some of that and I'll pick you up some uh, fuzzy goodies. Fuck yes. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Better I have multiple beer. milks in my in my cupboard, which I love dipping in my tea. Which one? And it's like my little oh, the Malta milks. Yeah. Malta milks are great. And and oh, what I like things that Canadians love are Malta milks and honey joys. What's a honey joy again? Oh, the corn. Honey flakes? joy is, is the cornflake oh thing God, with the. Oh no, it's fucking I'm... amazing. So I take them to every party. I forgot they People exist. People fucking love honey joys. So hang on, it's cornflakes and just honey. That's the only ingredient. It's it's cornflakes, um, coconut oil, um, honey, a little bit of salt, and then you heat the the coconut oil and the honey and a little bit of salt up in it. Oh, and butter, in right. a um, in a pot. And then you put the cornflakes in and then you like you churn them over and then you put them into little patty cake okay. things yeah, yeah. and then you shove them into the oven for like five minutes and you bring them out and then they go all hard and crunchy. Okay. I have, they were my favorite. I like them over chocolate crackles back in the Oh, day. I should do a Honey Joy. I should do a Honey Joy beer. Yo. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's let's come up with a honey joy beer. That, I wonder what that could even be. All right, we'll have to talk. Have to think about like the profile to make it like to hold the honey and maybe it'd be like honey and coconut and actually put cornflakes in it. Honey, coconut. Well, we probably maybe use like um, uh, sabro, maybe a little sabro in there. That um, would save putting the coconut in. Yeah, and I but I fucking hate corn in beer. So I hate then, cream ales. 
yeah. I'd like like my I'm infamously known for hating cream ales. Okay, I'm not really keen <laughs> on them. It's kind of boring. yeah. They're just I, the, the vegetal nature for me, and that sometimes when you what you get off kavikis when it's not used properly, is you get this yeah. like vegetal kind, and I'm super sensitive to it. It's the same like acetaldehyde. I get it to here, and I'm like, Ooh. like, uh, like okay. it's like something that I'm super sensitive. So no corn. Okay, so then bugger off the corn, uh, the corn flakes. <laughs> We can think about what it could work in. Basically, whatever a honey, because obviously you, we might have to add the honey post firm or something like that, so it doesn't just disappear. Which or, is a problem on something like unpasteurized. Oh no, let's let's oh. let's workshop. I think we'll workshop. it could workshop because if it's unpro if it's unpasteurized, the problem is that it's going to it could be a bomb right it could be a cam mm, bomb we don't want that yeah okay we'll talk about it but let's, let's we'll figure it out there. we'll figure it we'll out figure it out god damn the canadians don't even know <laughs> don't even know so yeah tell us like tell us the beer story and, and the canadian story i'm, I'm genuinely fascinated because i don't mm. when we met i don't really remember that much of it because we were fucked up it was a beer festival like obviously we spoke <laughs> i think we just lot, heard but... each i think we just heard each other's accents and yeah, it was like, like <laughs> hang on a minute and what nobody ever here? says melbourne Whenever they're like, where are you from? No. Every, like, I swear to God, like 97% of the time it's Sydney. Everyone's only from Sydney. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. And everyone assumes mm-hmm. here that I'm from Sydney. I'm like, don't you disrespect me. <laughs> so when you said Melbourne, I was like, get don't, out. Don't put me in my dose. No, because that's what they are. They're Sydney words. <laughs> it's a whole other bat. You can listen to them talk. I'm like, oh, they're from Sydney. We'd roll our ass. It's so obvious. <laughs> whole other story. Love the city, though. Shouts to Sydney. Love y'all. Um, yeah, amazing. Um, story. Yeah, so my story. So my story of how I arrived here. Um, so I packed up my life in 19, when did I pack up my life? Uh, about 12 years ago, I think it was. Sure, and um, 2000, 2009, okay. I packed up my life um, and sold my business off and um I took off, I, I kind of buried one of my nursing through his last stages of lung cancer and I'd had like tumultuous relationships and blah, 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 blah and I'd finished my um, my degree and I'd, you know, worked super hard. I'd, I'd studied and I'd run a business and I'd worked and I, you know, I was just doing so much and then I'd nurse Les through his cancer and I was like, okay, I'm getting out. I'm going to go and I'm going to go and do something. And um, so I decided that I would go and try to be a ski instructor. Now, I'd only ever skied a couple of times. I really couldn't ski. I was fucking hopeless. Um, But what I could do is um, I could teach and I could communicate. So I have a a physical education degree and I've been athletic most of my and active all of my life. So I had physical ability to be able to to learn um, a new skill, but I could teach and I could communicate, especially with kids. So... um, so I, I somehow got this job um, up at Mount Hotham and I went up there and um, <clears throat> I was there for three months, met um, one of my really good friends, Bianca, and she'd done about four or five ski seasons in Banff and uh, she said, come with me. And um, I was like, okay, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So I was going to come originally in 2009 for six months. Here we are. <laughs> it gets you. Um, huh? It gets you. <laughs> I did ten back-to-back winters um, between uh, Japan and you and Canada and Australia, and then um, almost married in between. Almost married an American, but that's how that interjects is how I got into beer. Okay. So without having the blip of um, 
my American ex in my life um, who I met traveling through Alaska. Um, I wouldn't have got into beer and how that happened is uh, he lives in Santa Rosa, so really not far from um, oh, from the okay. home of Pliny. Yeah, well, we went there last yeah. year, year before, yeah. whatever. Yes, it's sick. Okay, nice. Near Napa Valley. Yeah, so, yeah, 10 minutes yeah. away from there, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Petaluma. So that's um, so we were in Santa Rosa and I walked into the garage one day and his dad and him were brewing and I kind of looked at it and I was like, this is like I have a science degree. And I'm like, this is things that I kind of know about. And then I just kind of got stuck into it. We started traveling for beer. So we'd, we'd kind of get in the car and drive around and, and go and visit different states. And, um, you know, went out to Portland and up into, you know, Bend, Oregon and, um, you know, of course, all around California. And so that's where my, my palate for beer really started. And, um, That was 2010. Yeah, like 2010. It was before. It, yeah, it was before Lagunitas sold, so they were still. Um, okay. yep, they yep. were still privately owned at the time. Yeah, yeah, it would have been 2010, I think. Okay. Oh, I've had too many concussions between then and now. <laughs> um, so, oh, <laughs> and too geez. many beers, maybe too. Many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the um, Right. So, um, so that's where it kind of started. And then when I settled, we broke up when we were living in Japan and, um, I came and settled back here and then I went back in to get my permanent residency. I had to go back into my field of expertise, which was recreations and fitness management. Um, got my PR finally, and then gave my career the flick and went and, um, attended at craft beer market and started from the bottom. Okay. And was like, this is what I want to do. I want to learn all about the market here. I want to go into retail. I want to do draft line maintenance. I want to learn how to brew. I want to see from sales and marketing. Um, so I started studying Cicerone and BJCP um, and then just kind of befriended people within the industry. Um, a big shout out to Rob Swedeski. Um, who was the first person to ever send me the Cicero material and um, actually really encouraged me. Is like, Christina, you've got a passion and you've got a knowledge, like go and follow it. Um, so that was, that was what, six years ago. Um, and, yeah, I've kind of worked through from uh, bartending into draft line maintenance, into retail um, sales and marketing with breweries, um, and then... Um, did so, I've done some advisory stuff and now finally Exhale is my baby, which was born um, from a pile of flaming dog shit, like not even going to lie of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Exhale from a really personal perspective saved my life last year. Okay. So was this, I guess this might have been the goal all along, was to kind of uh, end up with your own. Take a sip. I know I keep asking, I keep making the guests talk so much. Do the thing. Never to drink Do their the beers. Thing. So, yeah. So I just I mean, want to smell it, actually. It's yeah, really just, beautiful. That's enough, yeah. <laughs> it's super nice. It's so nice. You really, really nailed this one, man. This is fantastic. But, yeah, so I saw you post about it. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know that that's what you were doing. Like, I'd seen you, we'd spoken, and when you'd worked in a couple of different breweries, and you'd tell me about what sort of stuff you were doing. Um, Mm-hmm. So this was, was it early last year? I, I got a feeling it was like Q3-ish. Yeah, I incorporated uh, June last year okay. and then I released um, Impeachable uh, late October. 
just before the elections. Okay, so it was um, perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of intention behind that one. Um, so yeah, what what basically happened? Um, how my life um, unfurled, um, unraveled, and disintegrated actually in March. And I, you know, I don't I don't fuck around, and I'm not pussyfooting around um, this. And I I'm very vulnerable and very honest about my story because I know I'm not the only one. And if I'm honest and vulnerable in my my own shit, then I hope that other people can talk about their shit and not live in their own head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't tell this story for pity or for anything else. Um, but on March 14th, I uh, it was my birthday. It was my 38th birthday and I hadn't uh, celebrated my birthday in years because of some trauma around my birthday and I was like, you know what, 2020, you know, I'm rocking this, you know, I'm sales and marketing manager for Alberta for Craft Beer Market and I'm rocking this, you know, almost corporate like corporate marketing job and um, had this, you know, partner and, you know, we're talking about our future, you know, I'm looking good, I'm feeling good. I'm like, I'm going to celebrate my birthday. Yeah, don't do that, Christina. Don't celebrate your birthday ever again because two days later um, the world fell apart. So two days later on March 14th um, the world shut down. Two days after that um, my partner broke up with me via FaceTime and a couple of days after that my aunt died in Australia and then I lost my job. Wow. So... In the span of like a week. All in the space of five days. My Yeah, all in the space of a week. My whole world literally just went up in flames. Um, so, um, I, I, uh, yeah, it was it was really hard. And one day I did the math on how much rope I would need to hang myself from the crab apple tree in the backyard. Right. And I know I need two point eight meters. Oh, and um, I'm probably going to do a beer called two point eight meters. To be honest. Oh. Um, and and talk like like that's on like that's that's what happened and I was like fuck this shouldn't be my only option on the table right now what do I have as so I had to switch my brain and my perspective around I was like what do I have and I pulled books off my shelf and I I pulled you know for old files up in my in my computer and you know over the last ten years in the background I've kind of been working on this little idea for a brewery right. You know, I'd bounce in and out of it and, you know, when I'd find little about little bits of information, I'd make little notes and I'd put things down and and so I pulled up, I, I kind of got this folder and I was like, all right, I know how to build a, a, brewery, a brewery brand. I've done it for a couple of people now. Um, I've done it in brick and mortar. I've done it on contract. I don't have three to four million dollars for the big picture, but what I do have is some money I was putting away for a down payment on a house, um, which is not going to happen now. And um, you know, thankfully, I'm in a privileged position where I was able to ask my parents for for um, some cash as well to help fund the first part of Exhale. And I was like, "This is what I'm going to do." This is how I'm going to get my life back and this is what I'm going to do to stay alive and to give myself purpose again and not just give myself purpose but give back to the people who help keep me alive and have really fucking honest conversations and use my love and passion for craft beer as a vessel to somehow better the community around me. That's amazing, man. Well, I'm really sorry that that actually went down like that but it's even more impressive that you came from such a, like, you know, 
a terrible low that I mean obviously there's a lot of personal things in there the whole world was experiencing a terrible time so it was like even though you're going through it inside you look around and things aren't any better around you so it must have been extra difficult to find that um you know that positivity and and, and the way out of it so like that really was a huge like that's props to you to to actually how on your, your strength to be able to come through that so well fucking done and it does take a lot of balls. Like we've been running a business for six years now and that's cool, but it's, I don't need to put up the money that you have to do for this stuff. This is a whole other, other world. And I have so much respect for anybody in the beer industry because there's just so many moving parts and so many people you have to like, all of a sudden the cans and the labels were impossible to get during this time because everybody had to pivot. So like that would have been mm-hmm. a challenge you would have had to deal with. There's so many things that are just constantly thrown at you. So, um, and then just getting it to market and then getting it into the stores, like you know, before you even worry about the actual beers and then the branding and who's going to brew it and can they do it regularly and blah, blah, blah. Like there's insane amount. So fucking well done. It is so cool. I was so stoked. It was nice because even I didn't know that that was your, your, um, you know, sort of your goal. And it was even cooler because I felt like it came out of the room. Like, wow. Because I know that it wasn't like on a whim. It can't possibly have been on a whim. And I knew there was like, it had to be a cool story behind it. Um, because you don't, it's not easy. It's so not easy at all. So it's, it's very, not, very cool. There's, no, I can imagine. There's there's a lot, you know, and um, before I released my brand, um, you know, I, I, I'm very lucky. Um, once again, you know, I, I do come from a place of, of of privilege you know I've and I've you know worked hard in the industry but I've got a lot of amazing friends and a lot of amazing community um who back me um who feed me um who make sure that I'm watered like honestly <laughs> like I have these friends that literally like send me messages of like have you drunk water today That's and nice. have you fed yourself yeah. have you put something in your face hole today um, <laughs> um some good mate That's but good I've all I've also been able to, you know, draw on um, professional contacts and peers and colleagues um, who have, you know, while I'm doing this on my own, um, there is, um, there really is a community of people um, behind me who have given their time, their skill, um, their knowledge to help advise me, um, to help bounce ideas off. Um, I'm super, you know, grateful to um, Jill Jews of Daughter Creative who I'd, I'd been able to have some really valuable conversations around, you know, branding because my brand, like the sleepless nights, um, and I would wake up crying like before I released my brand because the fact that, you know, we're, we're going to see it in a minute, you know, I put, you know, chisel face on you know on a beer that's making fun of trump you know there was a consideration of like what do i do if i get a brick through my window is it was that because maybe i i have heard and you could speak to it more that alberta is quite conservative as a province yeah it is and i try not to get into um you know i definitely do swing more left as as a person um and as an individual um I try not to put politics in partisan um, places. It does eventually go there. Um, 
there is it definitely is um, a province and and it's a really big conversation um, conversations that I I'm consistently having with myself and people around me about where I'm going to put my brick and mortar mm-hmm. um, because my brick and mortar is a pretty far out idea um, but we definitely you know oil and gas and um, you know an old boys club and um, we're getting there. Uh, having a voice around um, the things that we need to have voices around with climate change and um, with, you know, some really big industries here that don't contribute to that, you know, but we also, one of the things that we have over here is we have an amazing platform and backing for, um, for tech uh, and um, for, for renewable and sustainable resources as well. Okay. Um, so, it's turning it so we need to, we do need to turn it around and uh, we definitely, I think it, it's definitely changing. We're seeing a changing landscape. I'm, I'm part of a group called Look Forward Calgary, which um, I can't say too much, but my role there is definitely um, kind of increased to, to a board role. Um, and we're a nonpartisan group that will be helping platform certain MLAs um, that are in line with our, our what policies we want to support um, to be able to create a um, thriving inc- and inclusive um, and resilient Calgary. Um, cool. So I, I am involved. Uh, MLA is uh, so it's it's your mayor. So your okay. your city your city, city mayors and gotcha. and and representatives basically. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Um, and, and it's and you know we're a group that will support anybody who you know we have discussions around our policies and our points that we want want to drive home and support um, you know we're doing a lot of research and we have a whole team where I think that we've got about 30 or 40 people part of our group right now um, which is awesome um, but you know I, I do want to move more towards nonpartisan um politics mm-hmm. um I, I think one of the biggest things is like why do you you know talk about these things i was like well you know we have a generation of people who grew up being told not to speak about religion or politics around a table so there's a whole generation of people who don't know how to talk about these things it's true yeah without and, and even more so in the last four years hopefully that's about to change now but it's got to the point where people can't have conversations because it's so aggressive and the way that the media plus I guess everything surrounded it has, there's only extremes now. You're either a leftist or a alt-right or something. Like there's no middle ground mm-hmm. where, hey, some of those points are good and some of those points are good, like the way it's been painted. So it is kind of uh, extra valuable that that work, unfortunately, needs to be done to bring people back. Like, hey, guys, it's not this way or the other way. Like you can be somewhere in the middle because that, that's been erased by this other bullshit. I have I have amazing friends who have voted conservative all their life. Um, I think, you know, and I, I get back to what we started our conversation with is when we don't make somebody else wrong, mm-hmm. they're more likely to listen to us. I, I think even more so in politics, that that's very applicable, probably the most applicable uh, thing in, in today's sort of uh, issues that we're all dealing with. You're really right. It's, um, yeah, yeah it, it is a shame. But that's really cool. Another thing that sort of struck me as you were telling me that was, Obviously, craft beer is the most community-focused industry that I've really ever, uh, you know, been around or been aware of. So it's extra cool that you are involved in something like that. It's like a part of the community and actually 
changing, you know, or, or working to change policies and stuff at a, at a level that isn't partisan, but also can benefit everybody. I think that's really important to have somebody from the brewing industry because nobody understands community better. Just name another mm-hmm. industry where you can call your competitor and ask them how to use the yeast or say, hey, I'm out of Galaxy, you got me? Like, that doesn't exist anywhere. So, like, I think... Yeah, and not even just use your yeast, but can I steal some of your yeast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like oh oh you're you're knocking it you like your your uh, your packaging okay can I can I uh, bring the brink over and steal some of your yeast and you know literally we 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 really do help each other that it, it's it's very very cool that way um, I'm also part of uh, with Alberta Small Brewers Association the diversity committee that we've just started cool um, yeah so we've we've got some initiative once again I can't say too much coming down the line but we've got some initiatives out here in Alberta looking to change the face um, and have more opportunity for diverse and minority populations. Um, so there is, you know, I don't want to shit on Alberta. There's there's some really great, amazing things. And, you know, I've had the conversation with a lot of people of like, Christina, why don't you go somewhere where, you're all, where your ideas and your ideology are already going to be a lot more accepted? I was like, well, what about if I stay in a place and able to put those ideas and, and ideology out there and be able to change, be part of changing a narrative? That's a great point. You know. You don't always have to leave. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Otherwise it's sort of like an echo chamber anyway. And it's, it's nice mm-hmm. to hear opposing points of view when it can be civil and, and stuff. So hopefully there are more, maybe we just see more of the extreme stuff, but in reality, it's not that extreme. So you are right. That, yeah. that's, that's a good point. And there's always going to be a bit of, I guess, even if more the, the the province is conservative, like you said, it doesn't mean anyone's a bad person. And then I'm sure once, if you can show them from somebody who's like calm and, and just being like, yo, be cool. You know, I'm just telling you, this is a great idea. You're probably going to be able to make more of an impact there than, going to somewhere like Toronto or probably Van- is Vancouver kind of more um, progressive or liberal? I imagine yep. so. Yeah. Like somewhere like that would yep. probably be like, you, you've got to just be another voice that's saying the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, I need to say there's no point sitting in, I've never sat in an echo chamber. I've never put myself in echo chambers. I think we need to be uncomfortable. You know, uncomfortable is, is the, is the place of growth. Yeah. Um, you know, and Alberta is in an uncomfortable position right now. We are very split and it is very partisan. And I, I hope that we can change that. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Speaking of, of that in general, I don't really know much. It's really funny with beer scenes unless, particularly east and west, like we're in Montreal, we go to Toronto often. I know about Ottawa, I know about Vermont because it's right there and Quebec City and stuff. But really beyond there, I've been to Winnipeg a couple of times. So I know it's kind of popping out there. But I've never been to Calgary. I've been to Edmonton many years ago before I knew about beer. And I haven't been to Vancouver also for like 15, 16 years. So what's the deal in Calgary and Alberta, say, where you're based in general? What's the scene looking like? What are people drinking? What's popping? I imagine most of our viewers are probably out here in the east um, and listeners as well. So I'm just curious to really what's uh, what's trendy, what you know, what's really happening out there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like yeah, we need to get you fucking out here. <laughs> we need to fly. We need to get so tourism Alberta fun. on it, and we need to we need to do a Make full it tour. I'm so it excited. would be uh, it would be entertaining to say the least. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be trouble. It'll be trouble. But it'd be lit. I want to see something. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I told no, Rich, no, I Richard told me. 
he got, he said he hung out with you when he was there. I think he was there last summer was during the, was it last summer yeah. or the year before? Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah. Christina's a handful. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the word he used. Yeah. I'm I like, took him to one of my favorite uh, cocktail bars and, um, yeah. and they like to get me lick it up because I am a bit entertaining. <laughs> So they're and like, here, Christina, take this. How we definitely, yeah, proof, uh, proof down on first. Um, that's also managed by an Aussie, um, Reese. Okay. When you nice. come out here, Reese's, Reese's, Reese's a fucking that name's familiar. We um, talked about that when we were talking about our last thing a couple of years ago. I remember him. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, we definitely, yeah, we definitely got Lick It Up. That's one of my favorite <laughs> places. The food and the, and it's just, it's such an amazing place. So when you come, I'll take you. So I don't want to spoil it all. Okay. Um, but I, I very rarely remember leaving our proof <laughs> when I do go. <laughs> That's a great sign. I'm here for it. Let's go. Um, so yeah, Calgary scene is, um, and Alberta scene is, is very, very cool, um, right now. Um, and I had a really great conversation, uh, last night actually, um, about some of the, the leaders here, um, and Dandy Brewing is definitely one of them. They were the first ones to really bring, um, some mixed fermentation and sours okay. into our market here. Do you know what Dandy, you said dandy. Dandy, no. <laughs> oh mate, yeah, mate. Dandy, dandy, no. dandy, hey. Oh yeah, playing down Stud Road, eh? Bit of Princess Highway, mate. I want to swear so we're badly. Boring. I can't. Yeah, people... We're boring the Canadian listeners. Yeah, they're like, oh. <laughs> Don't tell me about the three one. Being so Australian. <laughs> like, god damn it! Talk about three one seven four right there. Bit of Naval Park Station, you know. I actually have three one eight two um tattooed on me, which is Some the postcode of. Uh, <laughs> I bought Do you my want to see it? Brush it out. Why? Oh, that's amazing. You got that even Roman numerals. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that was the pl- I bought my first place. It was the first place I lived outside of my parents there. What? Uh, Why did you get that? Uh, I got that just before I left. So the what? joke was if something happens to me, you know where to send me back to. Did you live there? Yeah. I lived out there for a 60. 60- I lived on, so I was on Beaconsfield Parade. I'm not picking for parade. Um, uh, I was right opposite the St Kilda um, yacht club on the beach there. Oh my god, oh, it's like so that. long ago now. And then I was down on. I was on the corner of Hotham and Balaclava Road, and I Yo, was. We I was on off just off in, just off Inkerman. It was called Marriott. Oh Street. shut up! So like there was the gym, the PCYC on St Kilda Road. Yeah. And St Kilda Road and Inkerman. On the south, like you, yeah. can go, you can go one way towards like Maine, like Ackland and Barclay. But if you went towards yeah. like Carlisle, because my main calls yeah. was the the Carlisle Street one. Um, ah, so no, we were like exactly. A, a couple blocks up, and it was just like right there, right opposite the park in there. That whole that was my hood for years. That was amazing. So there we go. The yeah, shit. we totally, we totally were neighbors. That's even funnier because we both grew up in the opposite side. You're in Sunbury, right? You told me. No, I grew up in Kilo, right by the airport. Okay, yes, that side, right. So still west side. I'm like southeast. I was like Roville, mm-hmm. Dandenong, like all that Fergusoli type of type of hood. So like, I yeah. Know, once again, the Canadians are like, "Fuck's sake!" I was, but I yeah, was a Westie. Like, I was okay. like wrong side of the tracks, Westie. Yes, you guys are like, I don't fuck with the West Kilo. I fucking hate Kilo. I had my ex's family were out there, so I always had to go, and I hated <laughs> it. It's just weird and big roads and 
big box stores. I never mess with the West at all, and I can understand that nah. y'all really didn't mess with the East. I would imagine because don't just... don't fucking don't fucking mess with us out in the West. No, no, you guys are crazy. I'm like, I'm just not I'm good. I'm good. Good. <laughs> okay, so that but that shows right. We all just want to get out of those stupid suburbs and just come into the middle. And St Kilda was like mm-hmm. the best. Uh, like yeah. it's a fantastic place to live. So much going on. It was vibrant. Um, aside from the crackies on uh, you know Fitzroy Street and stuff. You know, fun. you know what? I um I did some work with Sacred Heart Mission. Um, and uh, I, I I'm also involved in a in a destigmatization um and and move to decriminalize um to opioids. Um, because I believe that having, and this comes from a couple of places living in St Kilda and seeing the problem there. Um, you know, I worked at a bar and I walked out one day and, and there was a prostitute overdosing in the back alley. Um, and I lived around the corner. I lived a block away from a methadone clinic and, um, it was, the problem was really real. I mean, it was, it's such a melding pot out in St Kilda where you have these, you know, uber expensive homes and the celebrities live out there and the football players and and you know your bar stars and um all the all the tourists and all the backpackers are out there it really is this big melting pot but there is also this like like part of of it that was just heartbreaking so I did do some work with uh with Sacred Heart Mission and I did a lot of volunteer stuff out there um with their like um their kitchen and, um, you know, just, just taking water to people in the streets and um, dealing with some of the vulnerable population. I had um, my best friend of 26 years overdosed in 2019 and three months later a very good friend of mine also in exactly the same way, unfortunately, um, overdosed. Uh, yeah, 2019 was really fucking hard too, just going to put it out there. Um, I was also dealing with PTSD, so that was another one. Um, <laughs> therapy. I've had a lot of therapy. <laughs> Great. Um, so... Yeah, they're like, like I, I, St Kilda was, it was like, I really fucking grew up living in St Kilda. I moved out there when I was 20 and it forced me to grow up and, and see life from a really, really different perspective. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. And I think that's why I got, you know, 3182 tattooed on me in Roman numerals is that place like runs through my veins. Yeah. Why? It's a, you're right. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, mix of stuff and it is probably i i shouldn't have just the uh you know it is a, a problem that needs to be the uh dealt with it you know as opposed to mocked or uh anything so you are right once again destigmatization yeah it's it's yeah. all about destigmatization i've just written an article for the alberta beer guide around it you know and in the industry you know we we own and operate the first um legal supervised sites which are tap rooms bars and restaurants Right. What do you mean by that? Like we have, well, we we legally super we legally make, um, sell and administer drugs. Good point. Okay, that's really technically what is the same shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's a drug. It's just legal. It's true, and it's like that's the difference. But you know, no prohibition. Um, prohibition killed more people than it saved more people. I can imagine, I guess. That's why alcohol is an essential service during all this stuff. 
because they know you know it killed more people because it was underground and it was you know alcohol's killing people and sending people blind because it was de- it wasn't regulated right. um and that's what's happening with our opioid crisis is we right. have this archaic system um and we have these people dying you know in alberta alone in the first half of 2020 904 people overdosed jesus that's almost three people a day that's wild okay you're right isn't it yeah and this is insane but then then people get put in jail to suffer more as opposed to uh you know being and most people come and most people come from vulnerable populations and or like the other studies show is that um within 30 days prior to death um people who are dying have had um antidepressants um prescribed and and like this is an and antidepressant like a lot of people look like you and me i hate the word junkie and i don't i i, I fucking hate it um it's uh it wants it, it's that stigmatization that comes with it um people like you and me are dying because because we all use okay i i eat gummies i i i use thc i um I microdose. So I get all my best ideas generally come from a Sunday afternoon where I do a meditation and set intentions and I microdose with psilocybin. Right. Um, Why should that be different? I drink. Yeah. Um, you know, and we have we have this stigmatization around around opioids that is killing people. No, you're right. And the fact that they just magically legalize cannabis all these people are still in jail. I don't know if everyone who had any sentences or anything got those turned over because they should. That is the most ridiculous shit. So it always did. It always is so ridiculous that somebody is battling with addiction because they ha- you know, haven't had the support from institutions and then they just they get caught with something that's contraband. They just chuck them in jail when they'll be uh, withdrawing and there's all these other things that need to be supported. You're you you are so mm-hmm. right. I, I hate that shit. That is really annoying. But it's like that automatic yeah. like write them off as like like even seeing here a lot of the native population it's always i see native folks and they're just vomiting in the street here like in our area and stuff and it's it's always it just it shows you where that's the the, the lack of i guess what's the word like of organized support or you know there's nowhere for anyone to go and get any help and they just it's, it's hard. we have it bc's bc's a little bit more progressive in in that area um here in canada um with supervised consumption sites um we we do have you know we have um uh what is it mums mums again harm and then you know the sheldon schumer here who does um uh needle exchange programming thanks bruce mm-hmm. review for spreading great knowledge thanks for the props yes. there i'm glad to hear that you're uh you're listening um there you know there's there's a lot of great um, organizations out there that have been doing work for decades and what we're trying to do here in Alberta um, is there's a group of us here in industry who have banded together we've got about 50 businesses um, almost 50 businesses that are like fuck yeah we do need to do something about this and yeah we we are privileged that we are part of a an industry you know we we have such a you know I'm not too sure what it is out in Quebec we have the AGLC over here um, that is our regulation Okay, oh, yeah, on. which is AG- our Is that the, I think it's AGCO in Ontario? AGLC. So that, what did that do? What do they do? So AGLC is our um, alcohol and cannabis regulation body here. 
Oh, okay. That's the NGC. I don't even know what it is in Quebec, but I know the Ontario one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So we have the most, you know, one of the most regulated industries um, around. And, you know, we we have one of the first, basically the first, um, you know, supervised consumption sites, which are tap rooms, bars and restaurants. So why can't we have supervised consumption sites? And we save lives, you know, we and we have this society set up that we can enjoy the um, all the great things about alcohol while our the rest of society cushions the bad things and we, we've found that to be acceptable you know mm-hmm. we have we have addiction services and we have you know aglc inspections and we have minimum age drinking and we have you know you have to have your pro serve and and all these sorts of things so so why can't we move this into other into you know other substances and and let's have real talk you know i talk about the substances that i use I'm just privileged enough that I come from a, a supported background um, that and and have and been able to access certain services when I've needed them. Yeah, you're so right. You're absolutely right. It's definitely something that needs to be spoken about a lot more, particularly from people in the beer industry, which is like you said, a legalized version of the same shit. It's just people aren't, but people are still dying in the streets from alcohol too. So obviously, there's some work mm-hmm. to do in, in that realm. Um, I did actually derail you when I turned it from Danny and we went on a tangent because you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I asked I'm, you, I'm so ADHD. Don't do okay. this. Okay. So it's my fault. At least I'm bringing it back around. I had it in the back of my head the whole time. I was like, oh, fuck, what did I do? So I asked you about the Calgary scene. Take a sip. Take a sip. Don't not sip. Okay. Sip. I just wanted to, my cat has joined, joined us. Do you okay. want to? Yeah. There's What's Penelope. Good? Hey, Penelope. What's going <laughs> What a cutie. What a cutie little kitty. Just chilling. And so you were saying that Dandy Brewing is one of the leaders in the scene. You were just telling us about the Calgary and yep. Alberta beer scene. Yeah, so Dandy Brewing um opened up uh, you know, they had this real Frankenstein um brew house and plastic fermenters. And <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, good luck, guys. <laughs> but really they they um did pioneer a little bit uh no, they definitely did pioneer of, of bringing some different beer and you know, bringing sours into a market um that was mostly um pale ales and poorly designed and balanced IPAs and um, lagers and blonde ales and cream ales and, um, you know, and I'm not dissing any breweries that have been, you know, I work with Toolshed who were one of the original bigger um, breweries. That they, I do some of my contracting out of there and they're fucking amazing and they paved some great um, ways forward. Um, when we're looking at some smaller guys who've done some really big innovation and in design, they're, they're the ones um, that we kind of look at. And then you have Big Rock out here as well, who are one of the, the founding forefathers, if we're going to go that way. And then Wild Rose. Wild Rose actually oh, yeah. um, sold. Okay. Um, to who? Like so, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. So, and they were one of the first ones to go. We had, uh, we had another brewery here who's also sold uh, to the big guys um, as well. Um, so we've, we've had, we've got two that have been, um, that, that, uh, have left the craft brewing world essentially in, in what it is, um, where some of us have put bets on of, of who's going next. Um, but I mean, we are starting to be seen and, and looked at from a, a, a world stage or even just a national, um, stage if, if our breweries are starting to be bought up, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> 
Yeah. Um, we cleaned up at the Canadian Beer Awards. I don't know nice. if anybody uh, knows this. I think there was something like 40-ish medals awarded to in Alberta, um, which is really yeah. cool. Um, we're doing deal. some, yeah, it's a really big fucking deal. <laughs> um, I couldn't believe it. I was kind of watching online and um, seeing my friends succeed Um and have their names called out at their breweries and a lot of people that you know I've, I've done you know either done some advisory work for or done some brewing with or you know I always you know prior to COVID you know we said if, if anybody was traveling through Calgary and in the beer industry and needed a place to stay my 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 rooms my spare room is always open for anybody within the industry who needs who needs a bed um and, you know, seeing some of those people um, get golds and then, um, you know, my, my mates at uh, Common Crown actually got Brewery of the Year, which was oh, which yeah. was really cool as well. Cool. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Damon's a, Damon, who's one of the owners over there, is is a great friend. We've got some really cool shit happening as well. Um, establishment Brewing, um, I'm actually part of their, their team, their employee team too. So um, I'm very, very privileged um, and lucky to be part of that. They're doing... Mike Foniak is just, he's a brain. I feel so stupid in his presence most of the time um, and he's such a great human. And then uh, my other best friend, Natasha, who also works there, who I actually own, um, part owner of my horse with, actually on the other side there. Nice. Um, she's uh, she's an advanced Cicerone and she's actually studying for her master's right now. So we have some, and we have two advanced Cicerones in, um, in Alberta. Um, and we have an amazing array of BJCP judges too um, and internationally recognised. Um, so, and, and our consumer here as well isn't, you know, is is a bit more um, without um, politicising, but it's a little bit more woke around um, their beer. Their palates have, have uh, really come alive and, you know, some of our mixed fermentation stuff that is... Um, is uh is happening right now is 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 really cool and uh well you got the uh the galaxy triple ipa from cabin um they're doing some killer fine. work with with hops too yeah. um so we're seeing some super cool things uh, my other great friends blind enthusiasm um i'm going to give them a big shout out as well um actually their blind enthusiasm was at fuda uni when we when we met right were they pouring them? yes Okay. Uh, they were pouring there. Yeah. I, so like, um, they're. I don't recall, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. At, at what point I was also doing keg stands of Cantillon by the end of that <laughs> and got the nickname Fosters yeah. amongst the elite of the Belgian and BC brewing community. Like, it's like, as much as that's a diss, it's like a. It's nice. It's sweet. So, uh, so I'm going to get you know when Fuda Uni opens up um, back again. I think I need to. We're going to get. Um, t-shirts i'm just going to get fosters and then i'm going to get everybody else saying i'm with fosters yeah <laughs> i think i think that could apparently everybody was chanting it on the bus and stuff and i'm <laughs> like i don't remember and twin sales boys had to like carry me up the hill and <laughs> food was proud. such a good time it, was, it really right was, yeah. so Light enthusiasm are doing some really yeah. cool things um, as well they have a whole souring facility called the monolith um where they're doing um controlled um cool ship um, fermentation and they've got a whole microbiology cool thing going on and they're going to do some like quick turnaround mixed ferments as well that that they're working on Doug Checkneater out there who I'm very um he spent a lot of time with me helping me you know 
boost up my knowledge and make sure that the product that I'm putting out on the market is is really good. I'm super, super blessed um, that that I can call him fam. Um, he's he's a bit of a boy genius and uh, just doing some really, really cool things. Um, he got to work out at Cancion actually. Um, so we have some of these. Yeah, we have some really cool knowledge out here. That's amazing. All right, so it's much yeah. deeper than maybe I thought because I guess I only see fraction from afar and like the stuff that you said i mean that cabin to be honest i shared it with my brother and tiff's cousin who works for us and he moved from england to, to move to montreal and um i shared it with them at christmas and i'm kind of pissed i did because it was that fun yeah. and i don't normally like triple ipa so i was like oh it's a high abv it's Yo. probably better to share it and then i had it i was like fuck so i'm gonna to- i'm gonna send yeah i'm gonna send you another one um Called float along from uh, from uh, the fam at uh, at establishment that I think you you'll really dig into okay. as well. I was going to ask you on that. You sent me two bottles. The first um, batch. Who were they? One was Blind Man, I think, and one was yep. was it, I don't know if it was another one from I'd heard. I think I sent you the Fuda Brett Saison from Blind right. Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I think I sent you potentially the wildest. Which was the Kavite, maybe Kavite blueberry? No, I think maybe it was the raspberry one that I sent you from Who was the establishment. Other? I can't remember. Okay, so I do have an establishment here. Yes. Okay. Fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're, amazing. They're awesome. So, um, so I'll, I'll send you an IPA from them, and then I'll also shoot uh, something from the from Blind Enthusiasm in there as well. They've just done a couple of new releases. Okay. Um, yeah, this is cool. yeah, and it's, then... it's really fascinating to try it all, and I'm really excited because I want to like it, and because you were so kind as well, thoughtful, and like you sent me their business cards as well, so I can reach out and and start to rep for Alberta because this is the first time we've had anyone from Alberta on. Um, period. Let's. Uh, I think we should. I think we should. Uh, we should do an Alberta segment every uh, now and then. Is we just sit and we yes. fucking drop Alberta beers. So what we could do, and that's just to say it live anyway. But I've been having some co-hosts for different regions. So I have my friend Noah from uh, Beerism out here in Montreal. He's the premier Anglophone Quebec beer writer. So he co-hosts mm-hmm. one of the Quebec ones. We have a writer Nathan who is our lead blog writer for BOS. He's in Ottawa. He co-hosts Ottawa. I started getting my brother in Toronto to do the Toronto ones with me. So because you know them all anyway, why don't you co-host all the Alberta ones? So like we'll have them on and I can have four, five, six people on one call. It doesn't matter. I love this. Since you already know them. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, that would be sick. Let's fucking talk about that because that's easy. And then it'd be even better to have a local because you'll be able to ask questions that I wouldn't know. I can ask my like. I don't know shit about you questions. And then you'll be able to provide this additional uh, perspective. I love that. That's amazing. So I, I want to so use the platform to, to, to represent for everywhere. And uh, being that you're plugged in there, like, fuck, let's go. All right. We'll talk about that after. We've got, we've got a really cool scene no. and we've got some really fucking cool people here too. Okay. I'm, I'm very excited to hear more about it. And uh, that's, I think that'd be a perfect way to continue to, to promote the area and stuff and all the things mm-hmm. that you're doing because way more it's way more in depth than I thought it was and there's so many things happening. I think it'd be a, a crime not to uh, showcase as much of it. Um, yeah, we don't want to be the ugly stepchild over here anymore. <laughs> no, no, we got a ref. Yeah, Everyone's we're kind of fucking fun. cool. <laughs> yeah, and you got mountains. <laughs> yeah, we do. Banff is like the and coolest you, place. You ever. know what you can do? You can put beers in your pockets and go skiing. Is that is that safe? If you have to be good, probably right. 
I don't really bang well, the you, snow. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to be careful. Like I like doing bump runs every now and then and I forget and then I like I, I like have oh, my no. beer because and I'll do like fun <laughs> photo shoots and stuff with my beer because that's the whole reason I came over to Canada was skiing, right? Like right. I, I coached and, and did skiing as a profession for a little while. Um, so I love to have, you know, I love getting to a peak or like, you know, uh, going to kicking horse and standing at the top of, you know, stairway to heaven and being able to like put my beer up and being like, look where, you know, look at this little Aussie, look what she fucking did. Right. Um, I love it. and they're the two things that I love most in the world is, is skiing and, and beer. Um, but yeah, you got to come out. We've got some, and we have some mountain, uh, mountain town breweries out here that are doing really cool things as well. Um, I'll take you to White Tooth, which is out by Kicking Horse. And um, then there's also Banff Ave um, Brewery, um, which is in Banff, of course. Well, that's where they are. And then you have Jasper, who's owned by the the same people. There's And there's Fernie Brewing. There's a, lots of well, really, really cool. Brewing. I didn't know that was Alberta. Yeah. Okay. No, they're not. They're not. They're not, oh, unfortunately. No. Okay. But they're, they're not too far. Like, like, like we'll, we'll adopt them. Just a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, sick. Okay. Um, I'm on to my second beer. I was about I don't say, know. No, I, I was, I was, I've been done. I've been waiting, trying to be. Uh, okay, sweet. Um, babe, should I go red? Do you want to grab the beer, the next one? So thank you. Tiff will grab it. So, tell us about and this we, beer. We go on. Uh, yes. So this is, uh, this is impeachable. This is my, this is my debut. This um, for Exhale. I love it. Look at that. Fuck that um, guy. Fuck um, <laughs> So this is not in support of him. Um, I've been a very vocal supporter, uh, not supporter of him. Sorry, that that didn't come out very well. Sorry, very, um, very vocal, anti-support. <laughs> anti yeah, that one. Um, so this is called Impeachable. It is a hopped peach wheat ale. Um, it it does say 24 IBU on the back, but actually the um, the hop efficiency um, on the commercial system took it actually to 39. Um, so I was actually almost thinking about calling it a, a peach pale ale or a peach IPA, um, but it is a hopped peach wheat ale. People are super fucking confused by it. Um, I'm really proud of this beer, by the way. Um, there's nothing... And I, there's nothing quite like it on the market. People are expecting this, like, no. okay, tell, okay, you tell me <laughs> what you were expecting. You I tell was, me what you were expecting. So I didn't talk to you about this, but this shit blew my mind because I tried it for the first time on camera doing a one minute review. So I didn't have any context. You didn't tell me look anything. Look at that head. Oh, look, massive, look at that. That's meringue, oh. mate. That's a bloody meringue. That's like going to Brumbies on a Saturday and getting a fucking, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, you get to get the shapes in there. Yeah, Tiff's getting the photo with the shapes and the thing. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. What were you? Tell me what you were expecting, because this uh, is what most people are expecting. Okay, so most people, I was expecting a uh, trans uh, transparent, um, light orange at best, um, kind of yellow wheat kind of beer, because it said hopped peach wheat ale. Cool, and I was like, okay, this is not what I expected. Some sort of like. It looks like a fucking New England IPA or a dry hop sour or something. So when I saw wheat ale, so wheat ale, I'm thinking like a hefty or something like that, you know, like uh, that type of thing. There was like a little bit peach. Peaches are typically a very soft um, fruit that doesn't really come through unless you use a shit ton of it. And on mm -hmm. top of that, this style, this obviously, and I was read, I, I didn't even ask you, but I was like, okay, let's see what's popping. And I'm like, okay, you've actually got um, 
peaches in this. Like this is not like some flavoring artificial thing, no natural. It's got 380 kilograms of peaches. You should see how we fucking put it in with with the drums. Which is ridiculous. And the reason why. And the drums take take 10 days to thaw out. Just going to put it out there. (laughs) Oh, so you have to thaw because they're frozen. uh, Is it puree? It's puree, right? Yeah. It's puree. And then you got to pop them bad boys in. Yeah, I said puree. Okay. So I was thinking because you're a contract brewery, maybe a lot of them wouldn't do it. Maybe it's not shelf stable. Maybe it's not something that um, it's, it's, it's expensive. This is, this looks like an expensive ass beer. So I was it's, like, this beer is so fucking expensive. Oh, I bet. Well, first of all, <laughs> can we put it in us? Cheers. Cheers. Get it in ya. Get a mm. dog up ya, mate. Fucking get a dog up ya. Oh, that's a, do you know what? I got to be, I was telling you on the way here, like the, the the can was raised, the uh, the box got frozen. One of the yep. other beers you sent me died, unfortunately. I was so upset because I had no IPAs in the house for a while. I was like, yes, Christine. I'm like, oh, it was the only can that weighed like half the rest of them. Like, oh, no. So, <laughs> but this one raised and I was like, I think all it did was take away the head. This, this tastes like the last one. So okay. this is good. Yeah. Mm. Well, she, she got a little frozen. But, yeah, most people are expecting not this. Not they're they're not expecting something that has – um, you so know, some good. bitterness and it's not syrupy. Um, so I add the fruit on day four of fermentation. Okay. Um, and then I do a big dry hop um, on it of laurel. So oh, the, that's oh, where. Hops. Okay. And what, what does that So um, citra, and late, citra. Late edition, yeah, late edition citra. Um, and Is then. Uh, yeah, magnets for bittering yeah. right at the start. Yeah. And it's just, just, it's, it's literally like. Little, little, little sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah, it's got a fairly complex um, grain bill on it as well, um, mm. and it's uh, yeah, it's fifty six percent wheat, um, and then got some Franco Belgian there, and um, so some Caribbeana. Um, and then using a beautiful malt uh, called Peru Pale, which is by a maltster out here by Origin, which is just pulls amazing stuff. Like I fucking love Peru Pale, this malt. Everybody in Canada should have Peru Pale um, and use it. Wow. It's it's brilliant. Um, and everybody should have Red Shed uh, Biscuit Malt, which is another one, um, which is just an amazing, amazing malt. Um, yeah, this is – and then, yeah, I do, I do a big dry hop um, with this as well with Laurel. So yeah, people often aren't expecting expecting something that's super dry, um, that's super hazy, uh, yeah. that smells like fresh peaches. Like it, it really smells does. like you've just picked an orchard. Some people are like, have you like? I've even been asked like if I use Brett in it because it's got that farmhousey, almost saison oh. kind of yeah esque thing to it. It's like if an IPA. Uh, a saison and uh, a fruit beer had a love child. This would be it. And there's nothing quite like it on the market. And no, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna fucking put this pin like in my hat. Um, is that yeah? There's nothing quite like it on the market, and I'm I'm really proud of it. I have reviewed almost six thousand one hundred <laughs> beers, and I don't think I've had anything like this before. No, anything like that. And it's uh, it's it's really. Ge- I felt like I'm going to be biased as soon as I had it. I'm like, whatever it is, I'm going to say I love it because Christina's beer. But like, I fucking really, really like this shit. This is absolutely a, a wonderful crusher that appear appeals to both the craft beer nerds like us 
and to the noobs who might be just you know getting into it it's a, it's a gateway thing because it's fun it's not bitter it's fruity but it's not over the top it's not sour but it's got elements of all these things it's aesthetically pleasing it has a um a bit of a, a can, it's a political leaning but most sensible people agree with that um i love i love the whole deal of the of this whole thing man like it's very very cool well done seriously thank you it's genuinely thank dope. you yeah i'm actually i'm so, Go on. So your man's uh, saying, impe- um, Mr. Hesley said, impeachable, hell yes, just cracked it open. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> we did have a comment. We did have a question before yes. that. Bruise, bruise the review. I haven't forgotten about it. Is there? I am going to answer it. I just want to talk about, I, I, I want to talk about my this for a little bit longer, if you'll allow me. Um, it's all yours. Go for it. One, one of the things that, you know, I, I'd love to win medals for this this beer and, and one of the things is like what fucking category do I put it in because it's not going <laughs> to win a wheat beer it's not going to win a fruit beer it's not going to win a knife like it's like um but I'm gonna I wear that as a bit of a point of pride because it is like once again it's like I'm such a big believer of nuanced beer and I'm such a big believer of something of balance I don't want one flavor or, or one element to outdo another I want I want everything to be so harmonious in my mouth that I could still drink, you know, four or five of these and not get sick of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I don't want my mouth to be coated or filmy, and I like that's that's one of the things I love about beer is you know you can have these big bold flavors, but and and you know I'm I'm going to do a couple of those that that are kind of big and bold as well. Um, but more than anything, I, I, I want to make beer that people are confused by it and not confused okay. in a bad way, just like confused that it doesn't quite sit in a category. It doesn't it, it doesn't have a place. And that's how I've always felt like myself in the world. I've I've never felt like I'm I'm in a category or like I've I I, I fit within this box and set of rules. Right. Um I want I want my beer to kind of reflect that too, is that it doesn't have it, it it's like fuck you and your rules, you know. <laughs> hey man, I think that's. I'm doing my own beer. thing over here. I do it how well. <laughs> Cutman voice. I think that's mad important with beer, though. Like it's like I feel like there's there's a, a there's a beer is fun. We get drunk, so why not test the limits of it? Like whilst I respect the purest sort of uh, mind states, and sometimes you want to make a beautiful pilsner that's completely traditional and stuff like that, and I respect it. And that's one of my favorite things ever. But totally have fun with it and a lot of people still are anti-fun with this people get mad at the smoothie sours or lactose and stuff i'm like just let let it live bro like have fun with it and this is cool do because it. does this beer piss people off though would that piss those people off or is it just they don't it's more confused as opposed to like oh she's using lactose type of thing um i don't know about that i just i just know that this is my style this right. is what i like and okay. i I like, and it's not a style of beer, like a BJCP necessarily style of beer. I like my beer balanced and nuanced and I like, you know, you don't always have to think about a beer. I had this great conversation um, with a beer writer here. He's a very great friend of mine, uh, Jason Van Russell. Um, and sometimes you want a beer that really does make you think. And this is, this for me is, is all of those things is, 
it makes you think because you're like, fuck, what is that? Like, like I'm not too sure. I can't put it into a category, but I can just sit here and drink it and really enjoy it and not think about it either because everything kind of is this like harmonious little happy place. And that's what I really like about the culture as well. You know, it's, it's got a lot of complexity, especially as it warms up and it changes, um, which, which I think is really cool. It reminds me of a hypercolor shirt. Oh you know, gosh. have you, do you remember? Oh my God, do I ever? <laughs> do they have them here? I don't do know. They? Do they? I'm, I'm assuming that they had hyper color shirts, but yeah. that's what this beer reminds me of is like, okay. you know, it's cold and it's like one thing when it's cold and then as it warms up, like it changes. It's, like it's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. That's so, great, wow. yeah. That was really like, wild. And that yeah, that's that for me is like this beer is uh, yeah yeah I'd I'd love to win some medals for it that would be amazing, um, and I'm also like well I don't know if it ever would because it doesn't fit within a nice neat little category. I wonder how would you find out like could you like send it to the um, the people who run say the Canadian Brewing Awards or something and be like yo where should I submit this. Well, technically it's a fruit beer, but technically it's also a wheat beer and technically it's an IPA. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Do they have a fruited IPA category? <laughs> like when you look at the when you get down to the technical analysis of it. That's um and what okay. and what it and you know the recipe development and, and the percentages and all that sort of stuff, it technically fits into all of those categories. So put it in all three, fuck it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Lucky dip. Yeah, why not? Do it for. I bet. The, is there an Alberta Beer Awards? Put it there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, we have. We'll see. This is a thing. We have Alberta Beer Awards. Yeah, um, so I've do actually that been. I've actually been really cool, really privileged to uh, to be part of the Alberta Beer Awards as a judge for the last couple of years, um, which has been really fun. I actually like. I I made frenemies uh, the first year that I did it. Um, I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I caused a really big stir around a table where I questioned the validity of, uh, once again, like talking about beer. So I was on the finals, the table for uh, the, the best of show. So it was every beer that won, won gold was, okay. was on this best of show. So we had, I think it was like 23 beer in front of us. And we're sitting around a big table and the discussion was, well, the, the uh, Owen um, Kilcaldi, who who leads the the awards, was like, okay, so we've got twenty three different beer of twenty three different style. How do we pick the best? And people are like, oh, you know, because that the beer's not going to be flawed. The beer is is going to be well composed. Um, and I put my hand out. I said, well, I it's a commercial beer award, so it comes down to intention of the beer. Mm-hmm. I always think about what is the intention of of the beer is like. You know who's drinking it? Where are they drinking it? What like like what is this beer made for? And uh, we got down to a couple of things. And we're starting to like eliminate um, what's happening, and uh, we get down to this like not very complex beer at all. It was it was a fruit beer, but it was a fruit beer that tasted like a tasted like a beer still, and you could tell that it was um, it was grapefruit. But fuck, could you drink like? pints and pints of that on a patio like in 30 degree heat and not get sick of it hell yeah you could yeah it was you know hashtag basic bitch beer um and but it was delicious and the intention of it 
is that you don't have to think about it and you can just drink a ton of it. You know, we instantly picked the beer. Everybody instantly picked which one was gold. It was complex. It was barrel-aged. It was mixed fermentation. It was sour, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was like, yes, this beer is definitely gold. But then we got down to third and fourth and and people were like, no, that beer should not be in it. And, you know, I just simply put my people like, well, why do you think it should be? And I was like, because this beer has intention. Right. This beer is to this beer is to made made to be put in in jugs and put in the middle of the table and drunk, you a know, in, in summer. And people will fucking picture. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> translating <laughs> the Australian comes in. <laughs> right. It's okay. It's okay. When you're around um, others, you just it comes out. You can't help it. it comes- <laughs> I, I, I like. Um, you know, like, and that's, I, I love having the conversation around intention. And I always think about that when I'm designing a recipe, especially for commercial, um, uh, commercial production is who's going to be drinking it, where are they going to be drinking it, why are they going to be drinking it, um, and what is the conversation that's going to be happening around it? Right. Like, that- like, you can do a beer that it's because it's cool, but mm. cool, like, cool doesn't last. It's true. Trends uh, really do. Did that beer end up getting through? Yeah, it got third. People were really fucking pissed off about it because when I said that, like, like I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm seeing my BJCP soon, um, but I wasn't a BJCP judge. They actually changed it. So then, um, if you weren't a BJCP judge, you couldn't judge um, the last. You couldn't judge the best of show. Mm. And so Owen called me up last year and he's like, hey, they're changing the rules. I'm doing the BJCP. You have to come be a BJCP yeah. judge so you can like yeah, you can be that. on, you can be around that table and they can't kick you out. Um, but you know, I, I think that's that's the difference. The the big step between home brewing and commercial brewing is beer is cool and a recipe development and the physics and and the science behind it and art behind it is really cool, but you now have to convey and talk to an audience. Right. That's and that that generally is the biggest missing link that you get. You know, and yeah. and I love yeah. that conversation around beer, and that's that's what my beer is made to do. Is is um, it's made to create conversation. I don't know if you want to read out the. Um, the back of the can. <laughs> yes. Is it, I remember I had a bit of a lull reading this one. So it says, pouring the same peachy orange flesh tone with a white pillowy, billowy head, I'm sorry, you'll enjoy this brew from start to finish, unlike one of his press conferences. We guarantee not one eye roll will be had. Laurel and citra hops bang out juicy stone fruit goodness on an American wheat ale, and yes, real peaches were added, not fake news, sans bleach, which is amazing. You can't, you can't sorry, that's... Light here. You can't recycle wasted time, but you can recycle this can. I love it, man. It's uh, yeah, and that so was, that's, that's you know, weird. the back of the, every single one of my cans will have a different recycling message. So this one says, Don't get trashy, recycle. Mm. So they're and they're the little, you know, the little nuances, you know. And in the bottom of this, you know, see you next Tuesday, it's hopping mad and seriously effing delicious. Like, you know, just we need to be able to, you know, it, beer is fun. Yeah. Um, but we need to be able to communicate beer to people um, as commercial brewers and yeah. putting tons of, you know, I put some technical stuff on the back of that, you know, like um, I've got the ingredients, so I've got the hops and then I've got all the um, the grains and then any adjunct used. I've got ABV, the IBU and the final gravity, you know, like like that's like trying to incorporate everybody and communicate 
from, you know, when I did my branding um, uh, handbook and I was thinking about what it is, you know, the, the audiences that I communicate to are um, the craft dabblers, the craft connoisseurs and the, and the conscious. Okay. So they're, they're the people that I'm, I'm talking to and, you know, I had so many people say to me, oh, Christina, you go woke, you go broke or, you know, you're, you're going against a, a model that of, of the way that beer has always been sold. You know, it's going to be, you, you know, this is too risky. And I was like, like, fuck it. Like, like these are the people I'm very conscious about who it is that I'm talking to and who my beer is made for. And as you said, like the, the craft beer, like the craft beer connoisseurs go nuts over this like because you you've never, as you said really you've had, had six thousand beers and you've never had anything like it but somebody who's a craft dabbler and just coming into craft can pick this up and super fucking enjoy it too yeah which is key it really is uh you need i like the risk taking though like the boring otherwise yeah yeah and you know the other thing is you know my branding you know i made fun of trump with my first beer which is not perfect. everybody's going to pick that up no. And not everybody's going to pick that up because they see Trump and they're like, oh, that's gross. Like, like, yeah. like, I don't even want to be around it. Or people will pick it up and be like, oh, it makes fun of Trump. I'm going to put that back because Trump, you know, Trump for Canada, um, which, which I fucking have heard before. I'm not oh, going to no. lie. They had, they had rallies in Toronto and stuff. They were absolutely oh, special God. people. So special. <sighs> um, but it was good timing I, do you know because what? they got rid of it right before, right after you put it out. So. Do you know what's a funny thing? There's Georgian peaches in the peach tray. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> For people who don't know, Georgia is basically why he lost. I love that. Which turns out to be super fucking ironic. <laughs> Extremely. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of little parallels in this one. No, it's great. It's perfect. That I was, was gonna... purely by accident. <laughs> so what's the thing called serendipity? Really, is what Serendipity, is. yes, exactly, um, exactly. Are you going to keep the name and keep Trump on there now that he's fucked off, thank God? Are you going to keep uh, – the name is perfect anyway, but are you going to keep the picture and stuff about him on there being that he's gone for, like, future batches or would you change it? Um, I was thinking about the rebrand, but I think after getting impeached twice um, yeah. and then still waiting trial, it's still relevant. It's probably going, he's unfortunately going to be around and in our faces for uh, a little while longer, it seems. So people are like, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to see his face. And I was like, you know what? Imagine if we forgot about Hitler. That's true. Imagine if we just erased him. Like, like, you know, on the bottom of, you know, the recycle thing is, you know, you can't recycle wasted time, but you can recycle this can. Right. Let's not like let's not waste the time the the four years that just and a, like we saw an abomination of of world leadership happen. Um, let's not waste that. Yeah. Let's not waste that mistake. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep thinking about it. Let's keep being conscious about it because when we are, then we don't make that mistake again. Yeah, it's a great point. I didn't think of it like that. Actually, you don't forget about all the other evil motherfuckers in history so why would we put him behind we can put it behind us but not forget about what he did and i think it'll come it'll become more apparent over time really the damage and impact that um this dude mm-hmm. had. there's a lot of people who are still denying it obviously with you know way too many people on the stage voting for him if they actually did if that wasn't already fake another conversation um yeah do you, you want to i'm going to take a piss i'll be like 30 seconds 
So do you want to maybe touch, touch on um, Brew's Review's question about selling to the beer? The big I do, but you know what? Then I'm going to tag team. Oh, I like that. Do you want to go first, ladies? First? <laughs> I don't mind. No, you go first. You no, sure? you, you go first. Actually, right. Yeah, I've got I'll a great be... pelvic floor. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll be back in I a was a Pilates instructor. So you know the drill. You know the drill. So you hold it down. Yeah, jump in this one and you're ready. Keep talking because it's still live. Okay, uh, yeah, Brews Review, I hope you're still there. Um, how do you guys feel about these breweries selling to the big guys? Do you think um, it'll be more and more of a problem? Um, there's two very different sides. Um, from, And I'm just speaking from a purely personal um, uh, narrative and, and point of view. Um, I'm actually looking to start uh, a brewery that is employee-owned cooperative Um I want to keep, um, create local sustainable uh, businesses and communities. Um, selling to the big guys, I know, um, you know, everybody has their different reasons of why they would do it. I understand why a certain, why, why a brewery here would do it. It, it gives the people who are, who are in ownership um, some, you know, financial security when we all know that this business does not create financial security. Um, it also puts funds and backing behind things that they wouldn't be able to put funds and backing behind to increase the brand. You know, the, the, the brands that were started originally as craft breweries still get to keep their brands, but they also get extra financial input into doing the things that they may have wanted to do but never had the um, the financial ability to do. But when you've got you know, a big corporation uh, behind you, then then you have that that ability and the capability and the capital to be able to do those things. Um, there, I, I see why as as a business owner in the industry, and you know, after a lot of conversations with people, and I I don't hold it against anybody who has made that decision because I completely understand and I get it. Um, personally for myself, would I do it? I'm doing it. I, I wouldn't, but my business structure, um, that I'm looking at for my brand and, and brewery, as I said, as an employee owned cooperative, I can't sell to anybody else unless they keep it. It'll be in, it's in the bylaws that it stays an employee owned, um, uh, uh, corporation. So I, I like, my my reasons for not selling um, are very very different personally, and I also understand why people do sell is they get to keep their brand and they get to be able to put uh, more capital behind some of the things that they want to do. And the other thing is you get you you get so much more being under you know Labatt and or Sleeman or uh, you know ABI or whatever else. Um, you get market penetration that you wouldn't otherwise get with your brand. I also understand that. Um, it depends on what you want to do with your branding strategy and where you see your life going personally. So yeah, that's, that's my, that's my two cents. If it's worth anything. I sounded diplomatic. I like it. I feel, I think I I feel the same. I'm I'm not meaning that in a bad way. I'm being a smart ass, but I mean, I agree with you. I think a lot of beer people like, no, fuck that, man. If you sell that, you're a piece of, I feel like, you don't own a business. You didn't build this up. You didn't do it. What the fuck are you going to do when someone puts a $50 million check in your face? Say no. Of course you're going to take it. Like, like it's, it's sad. Like it does hurt. Like it does hurt my soul a little bit. I mean, I'm going to, you know, oh, yeah, I am going to sure. say like seeing a craft brewery sell to the big guys, it does hurt my soul a little bit. And like, I'm like, oh, like, oh, like, <sighs> um, 
and and I also I also see why. Yeah. Would I do it? Like I'm not in that position, and I'm also moving into a business model that won't allow me to do it. Um, I've also never been great for playing a game, a capitalist game. So, yeah, I don't know. But I'm going to tag team. Tag team. Go. Slash. <laughs> so without hearing what Christina said, I imagine that uh, we align. So like as a business owner myself, I can very much understand that if you have spent the time, energy, money, you know, heartache, growing a large business, something like a brewery that um, takes a lot from you. Like, it, you know, you have to be in a physical space and, you know, you've got to, there's so many moving parts as we were talking about earlier, um, just what you have to do to, to grow a brewery. So if you grow it to the point where you're getting interest from a multinational, you know, billion dollar conglomerate, then, you know, you've done something right. So there's a couple of questions you probably have to ask yourself. Are you, you know, do you care about legacy? Do you want to pass it to pass it on to somebody, to your family, to your children, to whoever, or do you want to just cash out and, you know, move on with your life? I think either way, not, neither is right or wrong. I think it's completely up to you. But I can imagine that if someone did present, like I was sort of saying, it might have sounded like I was joking, but if someone did present you with a $40, $50 million check, I, I don't imagine many people would be able to say no because it's an opportunity to like, at the end of the day, it's just a company. It's just a brand. And beer will go on without you. Beer will continue. Uh, maybe, you know, like Christina was just saying about the, the market penetration, you'll be able to see your brand in more places even if you have nothing to do with it. And often when they buy, all the employees go with them. So the employees aren't really going to be put out of a job as long as they're not offended and, and stick around. So if you work hard for something, I, don't know, I, can't, I can never be mad at anybody who would possibly sell for that reason. Yes, like aligning with Christine, what you just said, as far as does it hurt me? Of course it does. As a craft beer person, I'm like, oh man, like that was one of my favorite breweries. And they went and sold to the the guys who were proactively trying to squash before they bought them, they were trying to kill them. That's what they were trying to do. That's what their practices do. So there's two sides to it, but really, unless you're put in that position, you can't really say what, what you would do. So I'm not never really mad. I, you know, it's fine because the people, you know what, the way I look at it like this, if one time Tiff and I with the Montreal airport, I never forget it. We were going to Winnipeg the last time we were there in 2017 to do a campaign with AMW. And we were at this bar having breakfast, obviously not drinking because it was like 7 a.m. or something. But they had, for the average person, would have looked at this tap lineup and they saw Canadian, Budweiser, Bud Light. And then it was Mill Street, Granville Island. Um, what's the one here? Archibald, blah, blah, blah. All these ones that look like, oh, wow, look at that variety of craft beer when it was all owned by the same people. So if that convinces somebody because they're at their local pub or their local bar, I know this is all pre-COVID talk, but just, you know, they go somewhere and mm -hmm. all of the, or it's on their supermarket. We can still keep dreaming, you know. Well, yeah, I'm trying to. I guess we're all, we all try to, yeah. But, you know, that is is that might get people over the line. If they go and see Mill Street or they go and see Wild Rose or anyone else has been bought out and then – because it's presented to them in the, in the gas station or wherever it is uh, that you can purchase beer from, then that gets them into craft beer at first. Like Mill Street, who got bought out, like they were one of my gateway beers. They were some of the first craft beers I ever had, but long before they were bought out, years before. And that meant a lot to mm -hmm. me. So when they did get bought out, I was upset, even though at the by the time they got bought out, I didn't care about them, but it meant something to my beer journey uh, at the time. 
So I can imagine a lot of the other breweries that got me into it back in the day from Ontario, predominantly that's where I was living when I got into it. And I would be upset for sure, but I also can't blame them. It's going to open more jobs for people, you know, like obviously the Mill Street beers aren't the same. They're pretty trash now, if I'm going to be honest, but like sometimes they're... Uh, Some of the local, though, we had a Mill Street here, unfortunately, they closed. Okay. Um, and uh, Benny Dengamansi, who's who's a really cool human, um, who unfortunately when the Mill Street here closed, their, their brew pub here closed. Okay. Um, he's now out at Stanley Park, I think, in BC. So Another we do miss you, Benny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but one of the things, you know, being friends with with Benny was, you know, he he had um he had a credit card and he could just do experimental brews and he didn't really have a ceiling on what he could or couldn't spend on doing some really cool shit in their yeah. small little brew. And you look at, you know, you look at Goose Island and you know what what they're doing with uh with some of their um the uh, their, their, their mixed fermentations and their barrel age stuff. Um, they have access to some really cool things. Yeah. Um, there, there are pluses. Um, yeah, yeah. I like one of the first ones. You know, when Lagunitas sold, that my heart sank because you know I'd spent so much time uh, out there, and um, you know, one of my ex's family friends. He actually helped um, do a lot of the welding uh, for Lagunitas and we used to go in and be able to pick up flats and hang out at the brewery and blah, blah, blah. blah. Right. Um, so when I heard them, my, my heart was just like literally like, oh. Like, <laughs> like, um, um, but I get it. A bruise, bruise review. Sorry, okay, I totally understand from both perspectives. As a small business, business owner, I get that side. But as a consumer, I feel more inclined to buy from even more local brands compared to bigger companies. That is that's that's that is key. And we're seeing that more so now with COVID too. Yeah. Um like supporting key. supporting local and supporting, you know, and because the thing is you and I identify with local and we identify with grassroots. We are the little guys. So we do want to support our peers and our colleagues. Um of course, we're I, the I, I can't person. totally and I can't, you know, I, I know the people who sold their brewery and, you know, I know those individuals um, and I know the reasons why and how the conversations happened um, and I'm not too sure what, what from a business perspective that that's looked like for them. Um, I do know that there probably has been some of that loss of local business but when you look at it from a margins perspective is losing, you know, a a, is it is it a disproportionate margin of being able to get into um, more um, market space and playing mm. field compared to the small amount of local business that you might might lose? You're you're so. You know, right. If you're looking if you're looking at it from a bottom line perspective, I unfortunately have a super. My brain doesn't always work on the bottom line. Thankfully, I've trained myself um, for a business. I'm 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 very heart uh, heart overridden. Um, so, you know, I can't do something just for the bottom line and, and from a bottom line perspective, it, it does make sense. Yeah. So. And that's really what it comes to. And they're banking on that. They're, they're, you know, dropping the millions of dollars because they know that whilst there's going to be a, a loss locally or whatever from their fan base, they're going to pick up the rest because just being an Alberta brewery now is all of a sudden going to be a national brewery. That's going to be an international brewery soon enough. I'm actually surprised. They still make great. 
Sorry. Sorry. There you go. They still make great beer. For now. At the end of the day, they still make great beer. For now. That's only like being a little, <laughs> little bit pes- not mildly pessimistic because it happened to Mill Street. Happened to Granville Island was one of the first breweries I ever went to in my entire life. Aside from James Squire mm-hmm. on Russell Street, fucking yeah, fucking Squire. Little creatures. Yeah, yeah, little creatures as well. I mean, do you know what? They opened that. There wasn't the one on Brunswick. Collingwood. Street. It was Collingwood. Was it Brunswick or Smith, Smith Street? Smith Street. I don't think I ever went there, to be honest. I think that was after I was into, like, that came later. Or maybe I dipped. I don't mm-hmm. know. But the fucking, um, uh, I, you know, gra- the, the breweries who were bought out, it just typically just gets worse because they're making them at scale. It just is what it is. And they're trying to also make their bottom line cleaner and easier. So they're making, you know, what would normally be 30 hex is now 3,000 hex or something, like those huge-ass ridiculous things and that it just is what it is so whatever they do to them it's not the same they're not using the same level of ingredients so uh, initially my understanding is the beer doesn't change i don't think mill street changed for a bit but now i've had a few of their beers since and it's it's genuinely not the same like it really isn't well let's let's look at it let's even look at an example out of quebec which hits a little bit more closer to home and unibrew you know i was fortunate enough to meet sylvan uh when i was out there uh when was it 2018? Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet him and be able to spend some time um, hanging out there and getting some different perspectives. And um, uh, you know, when I and I have not, he's he's like the 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 key brand um, rep who's been with them for years and years. Okay. And then you know when they like sold, three, stayed on, and okay, okay, okay. yep. Yeah, um, you know, and I have friends here, even a conversation I had over Messenger with uh, a girlfriend of mine um, who works for one of the breweries who sold, and I actually have two girlfriends uh, who work for the, the, the two separate breweries that sold, you know, and one of them, you know, was kind of saying, you know, things have, things have changed. There are things that change, you know. Now you're in a corporate structure where you're not as independent, so you can't just, like, make – that's that's the beauty of craft, of small craft, is you can just make decisions on the fly and you just swap and you, 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 you make things happen, right? You don't have to go through um, policy and procedure and blah, 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 blah within your organisation. You just fucking do something. You want to do it, you just fucking do it. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, um, which is beautiful and that that is but you know when when you do have these now corporations that own you now all of a sudden before you make a decision it has to go through the head office to be approved that's that like that to me for if I had to do that with my brand like I don't I don't I don't, I don't like being told what to do I don't know if you figure this out but um fuck you I want to do what you tell me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like to me that would feel like selling my soul because I couldn't be authentic in what it is that I do. Yeah. Um, and to some people that's not important, and that's okay too. Yeah. That's okay too. Yeah. Your bottom line is if that if that's what's important, then that's okay too. Yeah. I can't like we can't. I think that's one of the things we get back to. We can't inflict what is what we think is okay for ourselves onto other people. Um, without being too libertarian because um, there is also, you know, ethics and morals and stuff involved. But when it comes down to business practices um, and, and what where it is that you want to drive your brand and what you think is good for your brand, then that's what you need to do. Yeah. I think you made a really good point about Unibrew because they are one brewery that I don't think 
have changed their quality in any shape or form. And I really think they're a unicorn in that sense. And then you have Latrue down there as well. Uh, True to DL? Who, yeah, yeah. Who also sold. Yeah. So they, I haven't, I was, it was really funny when I first moved here, I have a bit of OCD. So when I didn't know all the beers were like just French words and I had no idea what anything was. So I would just be like, all right, I'd pick one brand and I'd try everything from that brewery and then move on. I never got into True to DL before. Like I'd had maybe five of their beers just casually at bars. They have like the saisons and stuff they're known for. So I haven't heard, because they only actually sold the the actual packaging brew. They didn't sell the brew pub, mm-hmm. or the re- which is the restaurant and stuff as well. But anything but that's, you buy That's the model that, that Mill Street took as well. So Mill Street still owns their brew pubs, like in Toronto and everywhere else, and the airport and stuff? Yeah. yeah the brew pubs are operated separately. Hey. The brew pubs have their own brewers and they have their own experimental barrel programs. And That could explain why they're not that bad. Okay, that's like, good to know. That's really good to know. That's a lot of the models, and it's the same thing here. Like they, the people get to keep their brands and keep brewing what it is that they do. They just right. have but the, the packaging this extra capital. Okay. I guess the same as Cheval Blanc here, which is the first brew pub in Montreal, if not Quebec, and then they sold the packaging to what became did they RJ. When did they do that? Yes, I interviewed the owner, Jerome. So he had Cheval uh, in like 86 or something, and then I think – and then he was hired. They started making the um, the the what the, the white and the Blanc beer, whatever yeah. – and then they mm-hmm. started doing all the other um, – he crew, he was working – it's called RJ, Brasseurs RJ. So they're mm-hmm. not too far from here. And he created all those other weird brands like Titanic, it's called, um, Coeur Degree or whatever, all these different beers that you see around that are everywhere and you don't really know who they're made by type of thing, but you've just seen them around forever. So he created all of those and ran their brewery because he created the original recipe while still maintaining ownership and then got somebody else to run his brew pub. So he doesn't mm-hmm. own and then ended up just selling it. So he sold it to them, worked for them, and then I think he stopped working for them, but they essentially own. So it is a different company. They're not a uh, like an ABI level. They're a larger brewery, but it's not selling to the devil okay. and the same thing. But it is not the same company anymore whilst he sold that brand. So I the interesting part of it is, and I imagine it's, the brew pub side, so you're saying the same in Alberta, Mill Street owns their brew pub, but they're probably not allowed to package and sell anything, like just distribute it because that's the one that they sold. That's the business they sold. They they do a small, like they had like a small growler program and, and whatever else, but, that right, was but it. Not, there, was no, okay. there was no big canning or, you know, do crawlers and stuff like that. Which is cool. Um, but yeah. Yeah, which, a yeah and a lot of, but, but, but that was the crafty. Right side of it right yeah yeah like in a way i was so envious of, of um benny because yeah he could swipe the credit card like fuck i want to be on to an interesting point <laughs> I, yo it must be amazing right fuck it just like i <laughs> want <laughs> give me all the <laughs> pieces you got yeah <laughs> fuck that we're gonna do three drums three god damn it <laughs> Not two drums, nah. three in the next one. Make We're going to make this a $10,000 beer. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's so obscene. I was, I, we did an interview. We did a, a, a partnership trip with the uh, Visit Colorado with the tourism thing uh, right after we met you. Great actually. series. I love fucking watching that, by because, the way. I loved you. it. That was super fun. So when we went to Breckenridge, we went to Breckenridge Brewery 
um, but we went to the brew pub. They were there a bought out uh, brewery. Obviously, I didn't know Jack about um, Colorado beer, so we went there. Now he is friends. Uh, his name is Blake. He's friends with Jake, who you and I hey, met yeah. through. Yeah. Lovely. Well, Jake, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because of Jake, we met up with Blake. Hilarious. Um, loveliest motherfucker I ever met. He worked there before and after the buyout. And he was like, dude, for real, it's the exact same situation. Just I totally forgot about it. He was like, whatever I want to do, all these beers, I made them in the way I want to make yeah. them. They don't say shit. You want to get the stuff, the packages, that's in another town. They make that there. This is the brew pub. Everything on tap. Yeah, cool. There's the five flagships. Cool. But the rest of my beers. And I want to make, he made like a rosé brute IPA. This is when brute IPAs were popping. And it was glorious. It was fucking great. So he was like, and he could just do what he wanted, get all the grapes and wineskins or whatever he needed. And he goes, they don't say anything. He goes, they don't bust my balls. They leave me alone. He goes, it's like it's my own brewery here. And I felt that, and he, he seemed like, he goes, yeah, I've got a great community around here who like support me and understand that even though it was bought out, like they know who I am and that I'm authentic and that the beers I'm making are really quality and it's, and it's you know, not interfered with. But he said sometimes you know, the greater Colorado scene are kind of more like eh, just fucking you know, these guys type of thing and don't really mess with him because of that. So I think that you make a good point that people sort of forget there are humans who work there who didn't sell out. And as long as that really all that happened is they just – he goes, honestly, it's a different name on the check now. He goes, that's all it is. It's the same, same check, yeah. different name. And I can get what I need and they leave me the fuck alone. And I'm like, I think yep. that's, that's, you've got to acknowledge yeah, there's, that. There's, there's two sides of it. You know, I, I know that some people, you know, when Wild Rose um, were, were bought out, some people, you know, part of their sales team left because they didn't want to deal with the bureaucracy that they now had to deal with, or there wasn't the certain, you know, there, there's, there's certain aspects to it. And, and I've seen, both sides but you know my stance is at the end of the day is that's not my business that's their business that's their brand and if that's where they want their brand to go then that's that's cool like you you do you and you do what you need to do for your brand um I know what I'm going to do for my brand um you know and you know I've been on the other end of it of people telling me that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing you know with my brand um probably still going to do it anyway uh, so, I listen to anybody. so it's it's the same thing you know I've yeah yeah a little piece of me dies and also like I want to support the people who are in the the industry to do what it is that they need to do to for them I just had this really cool idea I'm coming to the end of my beer but um one of the things that I've been loving about COVID, that sounds really weird to put it in a sentence, <laughs> is these uh, these conversations and watching people do the thing in their home. Um, so I'm going to take you to my little home brewery and then fill my glass up. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but uh, yeah, and rarely. I can show you where... I can show you where all the, the magic kind of happens and the magic doesn't happen. So this is this is actually where I work every day. This is my spare room. Uh, and then this is this is my That's desk where everything nice. this is the office where everything happens. And look, you'll uh, you'll be proud of this one. Hang on. Uh, there da, she da, da, is. Da, 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 and then I, I actually have a on the bed is actually a bunch of stuff from uh, Aussies in industry here for a raffle that I'm I'm going to put 
get done. That's dope. Um, I have a I have the the Shea Extina. It's just a two bedroom basement suite. Um, this is part of my. I don't know if you can see. Oh, hang on. I'm trying to turn it around. The, it's around the right. Put way. that down. Okay. This is. There's my grandfather. Can you see my grand? Oh, hang on, around the wrong way. There we go. There's oh, my grandfather. Nice. And then, and then I've got my mash tun underneath there. So I've got part of this is this is. Oh, there we go. This is my bachelorette pad with my uh, with my brewing equipment in my apartment. Um. I love it, <laughs> as it should be. And then, if we go to the laundry, this is now. This is now where this is my my brewery, my the other part of my brewery. So oh, there's my mittens, and I've got this. I've got my other loves here, the other loves of my life, my skis. But Sticking I've got two now. pairs that are being that are being uh, tuned right now. And then where are we? Okay, I'm gonna finish this. Did I did my thing freeze there a little bit because I'm moving around? It's frozen for a second, but usually it kicks back in. I can still hear. There you go, back in bizzo. Mm-hmm. So you do all your test so, uh-huh. Yeah, so this yep. is, uh, I don't know if you can see, I've got my ferment. I've just actually kegged a bunch of stuff. Nice. And then I've got all my my molten on my other shit here. Um, but, and then I actually just, I got super ADD today and I should have been doing a bunch of other things, but I actually just put all new gas lines on my keg fridge. Nice. So... Wow, so I mean, you got going like four, like four in there. I got three at the moment. So, um, but the next thing actually to do is put my gas on the outside. So I haven't okay. done that yet. So oh, I have shit, enough like room. Up That's sick. Yeah. So I. Um, no, we can do that bit. So I've got to put. I've got to put my gas on the outside okay. of the the fridge. Um, but I actually, my friend who has the tool to come and do is a tin basher. He's amazing. Um, so, um, yeah, I need to put the gas on the outside. And then I could probably actually put another two 20-litre kegs in there and then add another couple of taps. So, um, but I know it's like today I was at the home at the vineyard, which is where I get a lot of my um, my equipment from. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, because I got a manifold only like a, 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 a double manifold, which I should have got a larger one. And I was like, oh, I should get a splitter on it. And I'm like, but if I get a splitter, then I've got like, I create extra problems for myself, which I love doing apparently. Um, <laughs> have a see the best. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do this. But um, so I have two that's I've got happening right now. Um I can't tell you the the exact. One is a sour, um, yeah. one is a Belgian, and one is a porter. But they're all in my style. They're all a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I finished my saison the other day, which I use Barbarusian, and it, it's like saison's my jam. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm so sad it's gone, but I'm definitely. Uh, I think that's going to be one that goes to commercial. So I'm either going to do the porter. What? What? If you were here, what would you have? Say it again. So there's a porter, a saison. So I have a I have a red currant. Um, I have a red currant kettle sour. Actually, yeah. no, I have a red currant imperial goza. That's going to fucking blow people's minds up right now. Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the one. Already, like a porter. I and love porter. I, I have a plum pudding porter. What's in the plum pudding porter? Talk to me. It's like a like a pastry porter. 
ish, but it's still like it's still dry. Um, it has a little bit of lactose in it. Uses graham crackers actually in the um, in the, like in the, the, mash the, the yeah the in the mash and then I I use an SO4 on it. It still finishes like super dry. Once again, I put fruit in on day five of fermentation. So the fruit dries it out, but because you get the SO4, you get the esters um, from the SO4 and then like there's a little bit of cinnamon in there as well. Um, So it's, there's the, it's really actually this beer is going into a competition um, here soon um but potentially one i'm going to take to market so i'm giving you i'm see i shouldn't drink i'm giving you all my (laughs) inside information i won't say nothing everybody (laughs) um and then i have a i have a session belgian blonde once again which is not a bjcp style but um i made it (laughs) i wanted to drink a belgian blonde and not get blitzed after one See what that session starts. Something reasonable. <laughs> and when I say session, it's still like 5.2. So right. it's a session Belgian. I have a session Belgian blonde and an Imperial Goza. Two things that okay. do not Don't exist, but no. I made them because <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> Why not? Hmm. You could do, which is, I was going to say, for the podcast, like, would what would I want right now? I'd probably want the Porter and then the Goza if I'm going to be drinking them, but I'm thinking for the aesthetics hey. of video. You could you could do yeah, do, do the porter. The goes the goza is beautiful. The color on the, the goza really nice, is yeah. beautiful. That's all. Do you know what? For the purpose of that, yeah, do the do the goza for the color. Oh, hang on. I just uh, let me just. I just redid my gas lines, and I haven't poured anything off it yet. Oh, I might. Uh, hang on. I might Go have ahead. to turn my gas off a bit. Uh-oh. No, we got we got head. We got it. We got it. But I don't have a lot of pressure happening which means i might have to bump up the pressure i this is the first beer i poured off my new gas lines that i did today right, right. so but no it's day looking drinking. really it's looking uh really pretty i've never seen like just a regular fridge with just a, a tap on the front of it that's pretty sick right yeah it's like custom right like you just drilled the hole and stuff oh yeah that's glorious red currant eh what a head damn What's when you say imperial goza? What are you talking like, like six or seven? Being that it goes is typically more. Are you talking five point two? Well, goza is supposed to be like around what three percent, four percent. Okay. So um, my imperial goza, it's not like blow your head off. Um, it actually was an accident. I'm going to be really honest. It was an accident. Um, it was the first brew that I did on this grandfather and completely like fucked up the um, efficiency. Um, and I pulled in original gravity at like 1060. Right. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, actually, I brewed it with uh, with a friend, Francis, um, who is here, and we both were just like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, and it did. So now we have an Imperial Goza, and I'm not unhappy about it. It sounds glorious. Red currants, I feel like, are a little underused uh, in the industry there, particularly it would go well with that salty... Uh, little heavier vibe that's great Glorious. yeah it's uh yeah i'm really happy with it. i was actually going to ask since you're already <laughs> spilling the beans 
Um, what else, what sort of do you have coming up for Exhale for for and as far as like your distribution? Like, is it going to be? I imagine right now it's. I saw you were getting it uh, at Banff because I know you were there for a bit. So I, I remember you were posting and saying how stoked you were that it was available in Banff. So congrats on that, which is huge. That was that's a heartfelt moment. That's a big one. Yeah, you seem really stoked, which is very fucking cool. Um, you know what? What's what? What can people look forward to from from you? Can is it you know what are your plans for the as far as like you know the distribution of uh, what you're doing? Talk to me. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm Alberta wide right now. Um, I actually actually my first product is going in Peachables, going into Saskatchewan. I've had a special order from out there. Um, I would love to put my beer into like. I'd love to put my beer out into Quebec. I have a very special um, part of my heart in Quebec when I went out there and I stayed in Montreal and I got to travel around and I met you and I met so many amazing people, um, uh, Dan Buki, who I, who I met as well out there and um, Pat out at Sutton Brewery. Fuck, I love that place. Like like that's one of the inspirations for, for what I want to do here is, you know, have a brewery with accommodation services and so – um, you know, be able to have camping and, and, you know, just be in something super picturesque and um, be a destination. Like Sutton Brewery, you know, in my in my planning is um, a brewery that I actually mentioned that I, I really feel um, attached to. Um, and, you know, uh, standing out, you know, being at Food Uni and standing out on that ridge and looking out across into the valley um, was fuck and that sunset yeah with with the sunflowers like they were like eight feet tall and it was yeah the sunset right over and we're right on the vermont border like the best beers in the world of every single star from cantillon other half jester king fucking burdock Jester King, Jester King's another like it's it. That's another inspiration. I love their brand. I love that they just do whatever the fuck they want. They got this like super cool hippie vibe and like like that's another that's another one. You know, and I want to be able to do something like you know be able to have the property and and have the brewery and do something like done have done here in Alberta. Like that's 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 like that is the inspiration. That is the 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 piece de resistance for myself and yeah. i probably said that really bad for anybody french watching this i'm sorry i've lived um, here for eight years i can barely see things i don't know if francis is going to be watching this he used to actually brew for a judicial um he's actually he's swapping uh yeah anyway he uh yeah he he always hangs shit on my french um <laughs> but nice. i'd love I'd love to get my beer out into Quebec just because it does have a very special place in my heart and some a place that, you know, for beer and, and for people I'd love to be able to visit every year. Um, and I'd love to see my, my beer out in BC as well. Can Jake um, or is she not really in that game no more? I don't know. Um, I'd love to see my beer. Once again, like special, there's, there's some amazing people out in BC um, that I, I adore, you know, one of my, my homies of homies, Drew Sinden, who's the head brewer out at uh, Electric Bicycle, okay. um, is there. Um, John Moore, who is the sales manager for for um, uh, Four Winds, um, who's been very gracious in uh, you know showing me around when he was there. We we met at uh, a beer festival out here. 
Um, you know, and I had a really cool experience when I went to GCBF um, and just met some really, really amazing people out there as well. Um, so I would love to see my beer out in 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 BC um, and alongside some of my friends. Uh, more so I'd love to see my beer in, in Quebec, like more than anything, that would be really fucking cool. <laughs> um, and also in Australia, I've got, you know, I'd love to, I'm trying to, I'm working on getting um, export ready. And, um, you know, hopefully within the year, I have a friend over here that imports and exports beer and we've already talked about it and I'm trying to get, I'm in the process of getting myself export ready to be able to send my beer out back home as well. That would be really cool. That would be like a full circle moment, eh? Right? Yeah. I think that would be a beautiful thing. And do some international collaborations and do some collaborations across provinces would would be super fun. I feel like that's definitely all of those things seem super doable. Getting into Quebec is a challenge, but people have done it. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a way around it, of course. Getting into Australia, I think, is super cool. The scene out there, I'm so proud of them. Like, I was supposed to go back last year, right? Like, we're supposed to go in March, right? When, <laughs> oh, shit. I was, I was supposed to go in September. You know, yeah, you know the deal. So, like, everything was, a, but like, I've been following it more since I've been going back and I'm just really proud of them. And, uh, you know, I started to make a few close friends out there in the beer scene. I wasn't into beer. I was drinking stuff and dabbling, but I wasn't a part of the scene there. It sounds like you weren't really either, but going back, I've started to, I did my first beer festival in 2019 and did the media pass there. People knew who I was. People like, yo, like they, like they recognize me from the Aussie scene. I was like, all right, I'm doing something right here. And that felt a full circle. Sounds like we need, sounds like we need to go together. I've got friends like that I've met just from like going over there and being like, Hey, I'm an Aussie and I'm in the Canadian beer industry and blah, 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 blah. And I've made friends with people just from like elbowing my way into like introducing myself and trying to see what it is that they're doing and, uh, and making friends. Um, but yeah, I was never over there um professionally um for beer but you know just making friends sounds like that's another episode we need to do is is go back yeah. home and <laughs> Yo, man. i'm so down they, they're super cool like i'm just like beer people everywhere like they're they're awesome i'm, I'm and I'm, and because they're so i keep saying they like it's not us but like i guess we've been here so long so they are like in their own little world but i've been back I went three times, I guess, in the last five years. And to see the changes every time, and it just got better, like mm-hmm. exponentially better in 12 months. It's moving faster than here because. I want to go to the Australian Beer Awards. Yes. Is that the one? Is that because there was multiple festivals? Everyone was telling me there's one in, oh, G, I guess it's GA, Great Australian Beer Spectacular, the Gabs in. Um, in May, I think that's everyone said you had to come mm-hmm. to that. And then Good Beer Week. I went to a Good Beer Week gala showcase. And that was the one at uh, Fed Square. They had this thing at Fed Square. They just, in that part where you're off Flinders and you can just walk in. Yep. It was insane. Yep. That was the coolest shit. Wow. Uh, and just all, all the fire breweries. And it was, this was 2019. So imagine by now, like I know, the seeing them grow, like Mr. Banks, which is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I met him in 2018 and went back in 2019. He was miles better. And I had him on again recently. He's like done a dual dodgy shipment, sent me out some stuff. And it was probably not the smartest way to do it now because a lot of stuff is going <laughs> to die with the COVID slowness. But just seeing the difference and the, and the growth of these guys is just phenomenal. I really think the Australian mm-hmm. beer scene 
I, I think it's the most exciting beer place in the world because of the speed of change. Well, here in yeah. Canada, we're fortunate. We're so privileged because we're so close to the States where all, the, all that is being driven from. So we get to benefit. We're just over the imaginary line. So we get that all shortly afterwards. And then they get it. They're like lagging behind, but watching them catch up is super cool. I think one of the cool things about Australia as well is, you know, one of the things that we have here and as advantage in Alberta is we have some of the best malt in the world in our backyard. I was about, when you mentioned the malt earlier, I was, I, I, I meant to say it, but like you've got it all right there for you guys. Are we like, have it right here. And I'm so glad that I can call Kyle up, you know, who's one of the owners of Origin Brewery, um, uh, Malting and Brewing. Um, he is an amazing, amazing human, by the way, and I have so much respect for him. Um, you know, I can just send him a text message or, and give him a call and say, hey, can you can I come and pick up a couple of bags of pro-repaired today or Munich or, or whatever else? Um, same thing with the Hamill brothers over at Red Shed. And, you know, shoot a quick text out, hey, I need another bag of biscuit or I need another bag of black bear or, you know, like we have this. And, and you know, Canada Malting is literally right it's in Calgary, right. um, you know, and one of my best friends is one of their tertiary managers and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to partner with one of their other um, uh, sales uh, managers um, with, with a program that I'm doing um, and I've, you know, been into the insides of these, you know, amazing malting facilities and been onto the farms and met the farmers and, you know, it really is, um, you know, the grain to glass or, you know, stealing it from the grapes to glass um, we have that here, but the thing with Australia is not only like Australia is one of the major producers of world malt, right? Like fucking huge over over there, and growing some of the best hops in the fucking world. Yeah, very true. And it's like that, that like like there is the, there's ingredient terroir advantage over in Australia, which is so cool. And one of the reasons why this beer here, you know, see you next Tuesday is is super close to my heart because of the Ross Trevor Valley. You know, they they had Genetics Australia out there helping them design different strains, you know, and pulling noble hops and putting them in Australian soil. Like fuck, that's that's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. You know, and you know, while in Canada we have you know, Washington and Yakima are super close, which is what I think they produce something like 60 or 70%. I could be pulling numbers out of my ass right now, but it was 60%, 70% of, of hops, um, you know, world, worldwide hops and, and whatever else. Um, and if you've ever not been to Hop and Brew School um, with Yakima Chief Hops, you should totally go and do it, like some of, one of the best four days I ever spent. Um, we don't have here in Canada, like we We've got some, I can't remember the name now of the Canadian grown hops. Like we we have some really cool malt, um, but we don't we don't have that hop terroir. We haven't we haven't um put our, our stamp on the world yet um with with hop production. But definitely as far as malt goes, we are lucky as fuck here in, in Alberta um for the malt that we have. And I'm I'm privileged to, you know, know the the owners and the producers of what I believe is some world-class malt that I have their direct bat line that I can just like drive up to the, to the facility or they come and drop it off at my house. <laughs> like, pretty like, 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 I'm like, yeah, 
What do you need? Like this is this, this is this is what I've got access to here in Alberta, and that's something you know. If you come out here, you know, I'd love to take you to those places because we really should be showcasing Alberta malt, Alberta malt, not just Canada wide, but internationally. Yeah, you're so right, and we need to support, particularly now more than ever, like our what what we're doing locally here. In the you know in the best possible way, I know there's there's bits and pieces. Every every province has some, but you guys definitely have the the run of that, and it's kind of known for for a lot. Yeah, of that, you know, because it's not as much. We have a little bit of hops here and there out here. I know there's a few you know hop guys. Got a few friends who have hop farms, and they, I I think Triple Pearl might be a Canadian one if I'm not mistaken. But there's things like that. They're like, but they can't grow any of those crazy stuff that's in Yakima or Australia or New Zealand for that matter. So you know. We definitely need to be celebrating the, the local stuff. It's hella cool. It's hella cool. And you're super fortunate yeah. to be like that. And it's great. And this is a show that's the, it's a pretty, you're in a good, you're well positioned to dominate, uh, you know, it, it being that you've only been around for what, four months? Technically? Uh, yeah, I put my, my first beer was released. You said October, I think, right? October 26, I think it was. Like three months, and maybe coming up on four. So, I mean, like, yeah. hey, man, you got two beers already. Uh, there's a lot more to come. Maybe an Imperial Goza, maybe a Plum Pudding <laughs> Shower, a Porter. You know, BJ, I can just see the BJCP <laughs> judges' brains fucking exploding yeah, right now. Like, uh, <laughs> what is she doing? Shut <laughs> this, put this bitch yeah. back in her box. <laughs> that won't happen, goddammit. <laughs> now, this is uh this is great man i feel like i really understand now where you're coming from what's been happening and i feel like you really positioned that well so like congrats on everything i'm proud of you i think it's fantastic it's really cool to have another aussie in the beer scene and you know you're putting your money out there you're putting everything on the line for it and there's so much respect for that i think it's amazing more success it's and it's like literally it could not be more infant times like you barely even scratch the surface you got two fire ass beers out and i mean that genuinely no bias. Thank this you. shit is fire as fuck. Please keep being you. Don't let anyone tell you to, to not because then you won't do any of this crazy shit. And the crazy stuff is genuinely what's making uh, beer go forward. So, congrats. you know what? The, the, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've referenced it a couple of times. I'm ADHD as fuck and I'm, I'm a little bit on the spectrum. Um, so neurodivergent. And I don't know. I actually don't know how to be anybody. Like that's, that's my blessing and my curse is. I don't know how to be anybody else but my but myself. And uh, it's it's it can be a really hard road. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there, you know, you yourself, you know, you set yourself apart. And sometimes it's really hard not riding in the middle of the bell curve. And, and I really do tip my hat off to people who tell their stories. Um, and that's one of the things I think, you know, leaving leaving this is is please tell your story. Um, please live authentically. Um don't feel like you have to homogenize for for anybody else and live wholeheartedly. I think that's the other one as well. Make sure that what you're doing is, you know, you're going to leave the world a little bit better of a place for you being in it. Um, that that's that's probably the biggest one. And that's all I want to do through Exhale. I don't want to make a fuck ton of money. I'm never going to make a fuck ton of money um, from it. And I'm not doing it for that. I just want to I just want to make the world a, li- a little bit more of a better place for 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 being in it, you know. That's beautiful. That's all you can ask for, really, right? It's it's a great message. I love that. That's the way. That's how you leave it. It's going to resonate. Yeah. What we're going to do right now, <laughs> you want to do the thumbnail? We have to do the thumbnail. What are, 
So I'm going to take okay. a screenshot of our thing for the thumbnail. So I'm going to see if I can hold both beers and the shapes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I can probably. Yeah, put one in your mouth. There you go. Ah, uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, I gotta go there. To, to no, I gotta go there. To your right, to your right. I'm <laughs> frozen. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's awesome. <laughs> Bloody idiots. Bloody idiots. <laughs> flaming glass. <laughs> fucking flaming mongrels. Yeah, Bloody flaming glass. <laughs> What if I see episode name? I we'll see. I still like to see you next Tuesday though. For like the first of many. Yeah, Banchik. <laughs> now that's the ultimate episode name. Um, Christina, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Where can everybody find you and exhale online? Uh yeah, at uh Instagram and Facebook at Exhale Bruco. Um, online, I have a Shopify right now, which has the calendar um, still being sold. So it's just Shopify Exhale Bruco. Um, my ex, my website is still under design right now. Um, so that's where you can. Oh, and Twitter Exhale Bruco. Yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Boom. And the calendar is a nude or, or implied nude brewers calendar. So you're getting real Albertan brewers. I was gonna say butt naked. There is nothing. They're not just brewers. Oh, they're not just brewers. Okay, I thought it was no. So it's it's beer scene people. So people who are in industry, and then people who are craft beer fans in industry, and the whole thing about the calendar. So it's called Twenty Twenty One Boobs Balls and Beer Calendar, Um, and it was the idea that came from like I'm always super involved in November, and I'm super involved in like mental health, and then I'm also on a. uh, on an advisory committee for Buddy Up campaign, which is part of the Canadian Centre, our Canadian Suicide Prevention Centre, um, which is about males adopting um, vulnerable and compassionate relationships with each other to be able to open up because right now the suicide rate with men is three to one. Um, and, like, I've lost two friends, unfortunately, now um, and my best friend of 26 years in 2019 uh, to suicide and, and an overdose. And um, so the calendar is all about um, being vulnerable and being super authentic, desexualizing the body. Um, it, uh, it, it features one of my best friends, uh, Matt Phillips. It's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday, Maddie. I hey. fucking love you. Um, he owns Northern Chicken in Edmonton. And over the last couple of years, I've seen that man fight to live authentically and finally he's fucking doing it for himself um and it features so it's not just women being sexualized in beer which is something that has happened for far far too long um it is all inclusive across sexuality um across um race and gender and it's all inclusive and it not it has um very non-traditional um dates in their holiday dates so there's dates like um beer can appreciation day and follow your dreams day and speak like yoda day like all these days um, write a letter to a friend day and all these like non-traditional calendar days that um normal society don't recognize but the things that actually really 
make life worth living that we need to do for each other, but it's also a resource sharing. So there's all kind of resources around mental health, um, cancer, breast cancer, um, partial, uh, 100% of proceeds are donated um, through, to November, uh, through to November and then also Alberta um, Cancer Foundation. Nice. Um, so this is something that we want to be able to build on uh, for 2022. I was very fortunate to work with uh, Ryan Orr, who is livefreephotography.ca. And if you haven't seen his photography, get on Instagram and look up at livefreephotography.ca beautiful shit unfortunately that man has seen me climb trees naked more than what anybody should see me climb trees naked we did a shoot out the first shoot that we ever did was uh out of the red rocks in vegas and i i know him through the muay thai world when i was competitive um but we got to yeah we, we got to do this really really cool calendar and people um and, and, you know, mental health and, and suicide and cancer doesn't discriminate, so neither should we. And it's, it's a calendar that embraces all body types and all shapes and all colours and all sexualities and, and hopefully, you know, all abilities eventually as well. You know, I put the call out to everybody to be a part of it. Maybe we could even come out to, uh, to go back and, and get you involved. Oof. And I hope people want to see that. Not if they're ready for that bike. <laughs> everyone. <ready>. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's out here we're gonna bring everyone in on that i love it <laughs> it's dope it's hanging in our kitchen every day we're seeing nude beer people it's a beautiful thing so go cop so that good. um christina this is fantastic so stick around at the end of this and we'll, we'll wrap up um but everybody Amazing. thank you so much for watching and listening if you guys enjoyed the episode smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops follow us on social media at bos podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear fucking glorious human beings like christina Every week. We'll be back next Friday, guys. We'll see you next episode. Get in ya. Cheers. <laughs>